Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. It's always that one time you need a defense attorney and you just don't know who to call, right? Well, I'm telling you, Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, he's the best in the business when it comes to a defense attorney. And he's a former prosecutor, so he knows the other side of the courtroom. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide, has handled litigation in over 19 different states. If you need Manny, theauroralawfirm.com, theauroralawfirm.com. He stops by the show twice a month. Got any questions? Leave it on our hotline, 404-369-3825, or on our social media off podcastthebs.com. One of the great things personally that I love about Dave Flashner with Stockton Mortgage, and I know a lot of you that have gone to Dave Flashner with Stockton Mortgage, is that when his phone rings, he answers it. That's important. You're making a huge decision, a huge choice when you purchase a property, especially if it's your first property. Your hands are shaking. Dave Flashner is the guy to go to with Stockton Mortgage. Plus, right now, when you close your home loan purchase or refinance with Stockton Mortgage, you'll be automatically entered into a mortgage-free sweepstakes. That's one prize winner will be chosen to have Stockton Mortgage cover their monthly mortgage payment up to $2,500. That's $2,500 per month in 2023. That's awesome. How do you get a hold of Dave? 561-951-0984. 561-951-0984. Or you go to Stockton.com slash Dave-Flashner. Stockton.com slash Dave-Flashner. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., Offering virtual sessions. If you can't get to the Georgia Stops, the website, markwelltherapy.com. Again, markwelltherapy.com. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. <laughs> Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. Hey, there it is, episode 67 of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name's Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissors studio, all sponsored by Stockton Mortgage, Dave the Flash. Flashner. You know, home loan, refinance, standing by. Dave's a good dude, man. 561-951-0984. He'll get you at numbers. Stockton.com slash Dave dash Flashner. Plus, when you close your home loan purchase or refinance with Stockton Mortgage, you, my friend, will be automatically entered into a mortgage-free sweepstakes. That means one prize winner, hopefully you, will be chosen to have Stockton Mortgage cover their monthly mortgage payment up to $2,500 per month in 2023. You can't beat that with a stick, as our grandparents used to say. Nader Tater Vader in Mexico. What's up, buddy? Hola. 
How are you doing? He's amigos. Amigos. Uh, Brandon in the Zelensky Studios there in Noonan, Georgia. Hello. Hello. And Jill, our social media correspondent, joining us once again. Hello, Jill. Hello, guys. How you doing? We be good. We be good. Uh, this episode is presented by Mac Development Group. Thank you to MacDevelopment.com. If you're looking to build your dream cabin or mountain home in Western North Carolina, I need to get a hold of these folks. They're good. It's a one-stop shop. They're currently taking full-time builds, so they're booking that up. Uh, their team's going to handle anything, everything for you from your land acquisition, design, general contracting, and building. So if that's on the docket for things to come, let them do it all for you. They're good people. MacDevelopment.com. M-A-C-K, by the way. MacDevelopment.com. Let me start off by saying... You guys are all great. The The birthday prizes that you gave me were phenomenal. Thank you very much. I just got around to opening them, so thank you very much, guys. Oh, no problem. Happy birthday. I'm glad you, you liked it. Everybody, by the way. I mean, Nate got me a green screen, which I got to figure out how to use. You know, I've never, I personally, I mean, I've been in front of a green screen, but I've never personally used a green screen. So what do I, I just pop it. It comes in like this, this bag, it folds out. I'm guessing it just pops up, right? Yeah, it fits over your chair, so it's made to, oh, like, I if you're sitting. I don't know. It, it may, I don't know if it's adjustable. I don't have that one, so I don't know how it would work with your chair because you've got kind of one of those bigger office chairs. But maybe, like, the one Jill's sitting in, it, it slides over the back of it, so it just sits behind you. Okay. Test it out. And then, I, and, then yeah. I, and then I video, right? And then when I go mm-hmm. into my editing software, it will, like, I can put any background I want, right? Right. Well, and depending on what it is, like a lot of them you can do live, like Zoom. Um, you can do the the live backgrounds and it looks a lot better with a green screen or, you know, you can have Brandon do something in Premiere or whatever he uses. Just as long as I'm not dressed in green, of course. Right. Uh, just be yeah. That would no be funny. Green. <laughs> just, be just a floating head. Just a floating head. Brandon <laughs> with the Longhorn gift card. That's from both you and Def August. That was very thoughtful. So thank you very much. Oh, no problem. Very, have you used very, it? you go eat we didn't go there um we did uh hibachi which was not my pick i was kind of forced into it <laughs> and uh and it was fine it was good i mean i like it's not that i don't like hibachi just most of the people that were with us liked it more shit's fucking expensive too i'm a cheap date i really am i didn't need something that pricey the bill was not cheap it was pretty where'd you go Saki. Awesome. Had right. like fifteen people, didn't you? Yeah, we had a bunch. Like we we took up we took up a whole gimmick. You know how they have the hibachi and then they have the U shaped seating. We took them all up. That's how many people we had. It was me, Rach, her mother, her father, Beezers, Beezers, one, two, three, four f- friends. One of her friend's parents, and then their oldest son. A lot, you know. Just kind of, just it's so mind. nice you could have all of your friends at your birthday dinner. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. It, 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 like my 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 party was for my friends, and then this kind of came about from the party. Like one of the people that were at the hibachi place said, "Hey, I don't know how it was said." So I don't want to misspeak. You know, they're nice people. Don't get me wrong. I like them a lot. But it was like, I love hibachi. I want to take you there for your birthday because we have to leave early. 
And I was like, mm, I don't Weird. really like hibachi all that much, but okay. And you know, it was just, it was, and then I still had to pay for it, but it was, it was. <laughs> Wait, you, you had to pay for your own birthday dinner? Well, my wife did. Well, but didn't they offer to take you out? I don't know. That's what I'm still trying to. How does that to, work? That's what I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> I, like, how, I, like when we walked out, because we went to see Top Gun afterwards, which we'll get to here in a minute, uh, we had all this time to kill. And there's a target in the shopping plaza that this place is. So after I have a big meal, and I normally, that's why I don't like hibachi, because you get too much food. And, and so, like, it's cool. The guy was great. You know, all the tricks he does and throws rice at you and stuff. And I thought that was cool. They sang happy birthday. They attempted to sing happy birthday. <laughs> Did you get the onion volcano? Yeah, onion volcano. And then the chops. I mean, it was kind of cool. I mean, my seat was right in front of it. So it was really fucking hot. Put you in the middle. <laughs> Checking my eyebrows. So afterwards, you know, after I eat, actually at any meal, I like to walk around afterwards. I just don't like to sit still. I feel like I'm digesting it better. So I was like, well, let's walk over to Target so I can get some sugar-filled trail mix for Top Gun Maverick. And, uh, you know, they, they have that, that trail mix section. I love it because I'm addicted to trail mix. And they have the little packages. And for some reason, movie theaters, doesn't, they, don't have, they don't carry trail mix. Like, one of the movie companies at one time started to carry uh, these little charcuterie boards. Like, you know, the, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you'll have some, like, have some crackers and some pepperoni and stuff. I was like, oh, this is brilliant. I love this because this is the kind of snack that I like. I don't do the candy. I don't really do the popcorn. Um, like oh, a nice charcuterie board or whatever, and they don't do that anymore. So I, I love that. So I bring my own trail mix and I bring my own stuff in to the movie theater. What um, kind of fancy ass movie theaters are you going to? Well, with the charcuterie boards. Yeah, yeah, I want to know. <laughs> it it was like an AMC or something. It was a regal. They they had a it was a short run, and I'm assuming you know whatever company said company was like, hey, let's just test this out and see if anybody wants it. Well, obviously, I'm the only person that wanted it. Because they, I want it. It was it was a short lived thing in the, in the movie world. I think it was like right before the pandemic, uh, and then it's just I've never seen it again. Get some popcorn. That's a I just don't get the butter and the, the salt on it. That's a healthy snack. Yeah, you're right. I just I, I don't know. I you know because I got to dip a cup in and because I eat all my snacks out of a cup and stuff. Right. So well, it comes in a big old cup called a bucket. Yeah, I know, but I like my own cup, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> it's a large bucket. So yeah. wait, they give you the cup of popcorn, and then you take a smaller cup and scoop your popcorn into it? I eat it, Yeah, I eat all my snacks out of a cup. Oh, I did not know that. Like one of my favorite snacks when I'm driving, so I'm not dipping, because I got to either dip or eat a snack in the car. Don't ask. Um, the little pretzel bites filled with peanut butter. Oh, yeah. And Gouda cheese, cheese cubes. Cubes. And I put them in a solo cup and I shake it up and then that's my little snack. I love that. It's my favorite snack. That and Tromix my favorite snacks. I think that's how they Good serve time. snacks in a mental hospital too. <laughs> <laughs> People, when I tell them that's how I like my snacks and my favorite snacks, they think that I'm odd. And I think that's rude because everybody's got a snack, you know, their go-to snack and most people have an what most people would consider an odd snack, but it's to them. They like it because there's an exclusivity and they made, they think they made it up and that kind of thing. So you should never down somebody's maybe not your choice of snacks, even though they like it. You shouldn't tell me I should be at a mental hospital. You dick. <laughs> no, I'm just saying the method on which you eat the snacks. I don't care what you eat. It's just kind of weird. Do you use your hands to eat the snacks out of uh -uh. the cup or do you drink them? I drink it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't think anyone ha- thinks they have proprietary rights over their snacks. <laughs> that might just be a you thing. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what I mean? Like, you were like, oh, I made this up. I made the pretzel Gouda cheese cube snack up. Yeah, I still no. Uh, I don't think anyone does that but you. <laughs> and, and, I, and one of the reasons I do it out of the cup is because I don't want to use my fingers. Okay, hands-free. Right, I get it. Like, like seeing people suck on their fingers after Cheetos and stuff is disgusting, especially in the world that we live in now. Post-COVID. Guarantee yeah. you didn't wash your hands or something. You're sitting there just sucking all the grossness off your fingers. So Fair enough. Touching let, doorknobs. Less less fingers, the better. Less fingers, the better. Um, I'll tell, there, there was a black cloud moment that I will tell on the Black Cloud this week. So I won't get to that here, but uh, it did happen during the movie. Um, a couple other things with, with the birthday is all the prizes that I got from people were fantastic. They were all great. You know, people came over for the party, and obviously they knew it was my birthday, so, you know, they brought us stuff, you know, like uh, Randy and Patrice Cross. They got me grilling stuff, which was very thoughtful um, because he's a grill guy too, you know, uh, Lindsay and Lieutenant Dan, um, they got me, I think a, a knife set or yeah, they got me the, uh, like a really nice knife set, you know, to cut and stuff. A lot of liquor, uh, one bottle of vodka, couple bottles of good bourbon, good vodka, by the way. And then a shit ton of wine, which we all know if you get wine as a prize, it's the, you were an afterthought. I appreciate the invite. Let me grab a bottle of wine from my wine cabinet, and here it is. Nobody's ever seen me drink wine, you know. <laughs> like I just, it's just not my thing, you know. But that's cool. At least you brought something. That's very nice. I'm not beating you up on it. But and then my my wife killed it, you know, with a bunch of clothes and a, and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Uh, my in laws killed it, you know. And, and and I'm always weird about opening these prizes, so I felt like I was speed opening when I was going through this. Uh, you know, opening all this stuff up. And the best thing that I got, I, I, I like, I like, uh, unusual, realistic, logical prices, like something that you didn't see coming. You never would have bought for yourself. And I know I'm a hard person to shop for, but I would never buy it for myself. Well, probably wouldn't buy it for myself. Um, but when you get it, you're like, how have I lived my whole life without this? And it was the prize from my daughter. Ariel got me a smart bird feeder. Smart bird feeder. Have you ever heard of one of those, Nate? I have not. How is it smart? So it, it looks like a ring camera is in the bird feeder. Okay. You mount the bird feeder. It's got rechargeable batteries. It's got a USB. So I, you know, in order to recharge, power it, however. And you put the bird seat in it, and when the bird flies over, and he sits down in front of it, the camera sees him. I, on my phone, can watch the bird on my phone, and it also brings up what type of bird it is. It identifies the bird, so I can learn about the bird Watch the bird, and I'm not scaring the bird. The bird doesn't even know I'm seeing him. It's very voyeuristic. It's voyeur. It's bird porn, voyeuristic bird porn. That's what it is. And I'm I'm ecstatic. I like I I, I I it's it's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life of America. I would have never bought that for myself, probably. I mean, maybe, you know. But just to watch these birds, I'm sitting there just sucked into it. I'm addicted to it. It's more addicting than TikTok. 
uh, or reels on Instagram. I can't stop. I'm just waiting for a bird, to, you know, because it gives you a notification when a bird comes through. You know, it'll pop up and then you, you open up your app and then you see it. And the dude's just pecking away. <laughs> eating the food. Is that not the coolest thing ever? It sounds like a really cool gadget kind of thing, but in defense of the wine people, isn't this just basically like a, a real expensive wine bottle? Like something that you've never seen you use. Like you're not a bird guy. You've never looked at birds. You're not a bird watcher. That's not true. It's something you don't know about me, Nate. Big bird guy. I'm a closet bird guy. Um, I mean, I installed the water fountain in the back for the birds and myself, but they needed a place. It's been broken for like two years. No, 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 not true. No, this thing is kicking. I mean, this has been going strong for like two years. And I even found an amazing uh, invention for my water fountain. It's a three-tier water fountain. And, you know, you got the motor, you got the water, and it makes the noises. It's out by the gazebo. I love the sound of water. Um, I, they make, I was like, I wonder if they make this. Cause I was thinking of how do you keep the filter in the pump clean? Because once the filter gets dirty and it gets dirty very fast because shit falls into the water thing, then the water's not coming out as fast. And then you got to go clean the filter and it becomes a kind of a pain in the ass. I was like, maybe I'll put a screen over the bottom where the water thing is. I was like, that's going to kind of look tacky. I was like, I wonder if they make a bag or something that I could put over the filter. Some genius in this world was thinking like me and said, I need to make a water fountain pump bag cover. And you put it over the pump so it filters the filter. So you never have to clean the filter. Isn't that genius? That's yeah, genius. that is nice. Because I remember the last time I saw it, there was maggots growing in it. No, that was my trash can. No, it was it was your bird feeder. Remember, or the the bird bath. It had like all the little worms that were swimming around in the the bottom oh, one because it was stagnant. Those were not maggots. Those were um, either mosquito or fly larvae. Yeah, those are maggots. So much better. Yeah, it's outside. But, but that's what maggots are. They're they're fly larvae. Oh, okay, well, it's a wildlife, Nate. I'm sorry, I can't control yeah. the wildlife. In my <laughs> yeah. it, it's a jungle out there in the backyard between party <laughs> patio three and four and five. <laughs> You just got to watch your step. That's all I'm saying. You just got to watch your step. (laughs) So what does it do? Does it connect to your Wi-Fi or how does it connect connect to your your phone? Wi-Fi. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So connects to the Wi-Fi. And thank God it reaches at that point. So that'll be cool. Um, So that was was my favorite prize. You know, no offense to what you guys got me. That was great. But I mean, I just thought that was really outside the box thinking. Can you like talk to the birds too or Mm -hmm. in case there's squirrels? Like, hey, fuck off, squirrel. Yeah, I would never. Yeah, well, yeah, you can. You can go, you know, or make bird noises and see if they, you're talking their language. You know, you go, tweet, 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 tweet. And they'll kind of look their head or like, oh, shit, where's there another bird at? So, I mean, little known fact, I've got two bird fountains in my yard and I already have a bird feeder. So I am kind of, you know, a nerdy birdie kind of guy. <laughs> have you seen any good yeah. birds yet? Yeah. Oh, my God. They're, so it's um, supposed to be good luck. If you have two cardinals or something, there's a there's something about cardinals and that bring good luck. Cardinals are beautiful birds. We've got a bunch of them that are in that come through our yard, and uh, so I've seen a lot of cardinals, which is great. You got to get the right food too. You got to get kind of generic food. I mean, if you want hummingbirds, you get hummingbird food. They're they're very picky animals, uh, so you got to get the right food. And the, the way that it's designed, it's kind of anti squirrel. Uh, so, uh, and I even put some, some stuff at the bottom of the pole, you know, or the, the, it's, it's a post on the fence that try to deter the squirrels. 
Was it tinfoil? No, I didn't you know. Like, no, that that deters the birds. Tinfoil, uh, they're if you um, if you have uh, uh, if they see themselves, it, it deters them. Ooh. Like in order to get rid of that hawk, we. And I got to take these down, actually. But we have these uh, <laughs> so trashy. We had a lot more at first. I bought I bought them off Amazon. They're these. They look like icicles for Christmas. These silver spindles, and when they spin, they give a reflection. And you hang them on your trees and stuff. And I was so terrified about this giant hawk that was hawking Toon Toons when we first got her. Now she's big enough that the hawk's probably not going to mess with her. And I haven't seen the hawk since. But I was terrified. So I'm like going online, researching all this stuff. So I have these two fake owls that I posted uh, on our fence. And I've got all these silver spindle things around the yard. It looks very Blair Witchy in our yard right now. <laughs> well, maybe they were still there because Brandon's right. They're attracted to shiny things. They, they try to collect shiny things. Uh, okay, well, maybe hawks are not attracted to shiny things because it's a hawk deterrent. No, I don't know. But um, Brandon, I'm assuming you're talking about like uh, we had Brittany Alexis, the TikToker on our uh, on the show one time, and she builds crow. Was it? What are those crow, things that she like, builds? Crow vending machines or crow boxes? Yeah, yeah crow boxes. And she's, you can train crows to they find money because they're attracted to silver or shiny things. And she has food in these boxes and they will pick up coins and drop them in the box to get food out. What? Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Can she's you? making them now. You know how she has those little clip that clip clip business. Yeah. Now she's doing the crow box business, and she's building those and selling those. No, I thought you were talking about the same business Brandy and Lindsay have, but that's a different type of. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. Hey, it is the golden scissors. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I thought I thought it was going to be a multi million. Well, no, actually a hundred thousand here. Um, because I I play Fantasy Five. I'm a big Fantasy Five guy. They're only a dollar ticket. I feel like my odds are better. And that jackpot can get up pretty good. Like, I'd be happy with, I think the jackpot was like $316,000 when I bought it. So I bought some some lottery tickets. And when I went to the, the little lottery gimmick, and uh, I put in $20, and I bought 10 Fantasy Five, and then I bought, I was contemplating getting 20, but I was like, I'm going to do 10 Fantasy Five and two Scratchers. Because I have a story. It's my birthday. I'm buying the lottery tickets, blah, blah, blah. When I go and I get them, um, I got uh, two extra tickets. So either somebody left them or the machine messed up. I was like, this is my story. You know, you've got, you like, you can't win the lottery unless you have a story. Um, it's like, I'm, I'm poor. I just lost my job. I'm about to die. I'm old. You know, whatever the case may be. Everybody that wins the lottery has a story. I was like, this is the start of my story. I've already halfway won the lottery. Oh, now all I got to do is match the numbers. And uh, I won a ticket, I think. So that, that, that wasn't good, but that was. It would have been a great story. It would have been a great story. <laughs> yeah. But you still have a great story. You, you're out of work. You, uh, you, you're doing a podcast in the meantime in your basement, and then bam, you win the lottery. Now you're out of mom's basement, and you're, you're back uh, back on top. Can we stop calling this a basement? This is a <laughs> well, fully, is. fully, no. It is a fully functioning studio. Uh, just like if somebody were to put gym equipment in a room in their house, they're not calling it the guest room. Let's go work out in the guest room. They'll now call it the gym. You have renovated the room, not only physically, but with the name. This is not a basement. I have a sign, a giant sign that was not cheap from Create Graphics that says the Golden Scissors Studios. And there's microphones. And we're doing production. There's people that listen to us, actually. We have fans. We have an audience 
from the Golden Scissor Studio. I don't start off every episode say, hey, from the basement. No, I don't. Well, it, it's a location. Like if you built that gym in the attic, still an attic. It's just the gym in the attic. <laughs> it's a studio. It's just in the basement. And that's fine. No, it's not fine. I have a problem with it. I'm just voicing my problem with it. So the, to end the night for my birthday, we went and saw Top Gun Maverick. It is one of the best movies that I've ever seen, period, the end of story. Not because it was over, not like it was a Shawshank Redemption good movie, but it was so geniusly written and done to satisfy the old school fan and invite the new fan. And it wasn't done how most of these movies are traditionally done, where, you know, it's the passing of the torch, there's a bunch of flashbacks, it's this, is that, you know that there's going to be another movie with the kid that plays this. It wasn't done like that. It was still Tom Cruise-centric. It was still Goose-centric. Um and, and everything else was just, there were players in the story, which was great. We're going to have uh, uh, Bashir Saladin, who plays Hondo, which is a main character in, 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 uh, in the movie on this week. And, and so, um, it, like, I, I'm watching this movie. The, they have Danger Zone, Kenny Loggins. They have the score from the original. It's a good, feel-good movie. It's not an I wish it was a little bit more patriotic of a movie. You know, they, they took that out of it. But I found it interesting that there's no mention of an enemy. We don't know who the enemy is in this movie. The first one, the Russians were the enemy. And then I'm like, well, that sucks. That's that forced politically cor political correctness that I talk about in these movies. Gotta have a certain number of women driving the spaceships. Then you have men. Oh, here we go. Star Wars. Blah, blah, blah. Drives me fucking insane. And so I was a little bit angry about that. It was the only thing that I didn't like. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, you're just playing the game because you can't have a blockbuster, successful movie with a worldwide release if you're not going to take the money from China or Russia, right? Or somewhere in the Middle East. You're at risk of offending somebody. You know what I mean? Well... No, not really, because this is actually the best time to have China or the Russians be the bad guy, because we're literally sanctioning Russia. We're we're banning Russia from everything. We're withholding everything from Russia and China right now. So this would be the perfect. We're not sending this movie to Russia. It's not going to be played in Russia. So I think this is the best. They should have put Russia or China or somebody in. You don't think that it'll be played in China or Russia? No, we're we're withholding. Doubt. Yeah, we're cutting every we're cutting Russia off from everything else in the world right now. Everybody hates Russia. This is actually the best time to do it. I mean, last year nobody really cared about. I mean, everybody has the stigma from the '80s, but right now everybody in the whole on the whole planet hates Russia. So this would have been great if they would have put that in there. Well, in the '80s we were dealing with the Cold War stuff. You know, I mean, yeah. we were as close as we all know have come to shooting nuclear missiles at each other. Um, and that's what we're doing right now, basically. Yeah, you know, I didn't think about it that way. You know, like you could have made it way patriotic and made them the villains again. Hmm. We'll talk to Bashir about that, but I thought it was interesting, and I and then I, I kind of was like cool with it, going, okay, well, it's going to be, this movie will definitely be released in China. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. The, without a doubt. It'll, it might not be Russia, but definitely in China. 
I Maybe think Japan. I think it'll be released in Russia too, to be honest with you. See, everything that's going on with Russia and the United States and Ukraine right now has nothing to do with Hollywood. You know, so they're still they still need their entertainment. It's not like they have they're producing movies in Russia. So they're 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 going to they're going to take this move. If there's no bad guy, the Russia's not the bad guy. They're going to play it. Top Gun Maverick will be the number one movie in Russia by the end of the month. You don't think Russia makes movies? <laughs> We're not the only country in the world that makes movies. Well, they don't have a they don't have a Hollywood, is what I'm saying. They don't have a you know they don't we, have, they don't have movies that we watch basically. Well, their movies suck because they're Russians. <laughs> no, we're just small-minded Americans that don't think that the rest of the world does anything else. Well, they don't. They don't have Hollywood. I mean, that's why foreign actors come to the United States is because no other country has a film production or film production like the United States has. Now, that's a fact. That's why so many. I mean, everybody. All these movies are out of studios from the United States. There's never a major motion picture with a worldwide release that is produced by a Russian or Chinese uh, production company. Uh, you know, oh, I'm sure there are, but it's just, we're not the audience. You just don't see them. There's thousands of French movies. There's Bollywood and India is a huge movie market. Yep. All these countries have markets. We just, they're just not, Americans don't care. We just don't care about anything else. Was, but it, ourselves. was it Squid Game in South, uh, South Korea? I was going to bring yeah. that up. Squid Game is produced, but it, it, that because of streaming, now there's outlets for these foreign, what we'd call foreign films. Um, but for the blockbusters, you know, Hollywood's the, 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 the United States is the center of these movies oh, yeah. that are made. Yeah, for sure. But that's uh, because their movies aren't marketed to us because we don't care because we only care about ourselves. The other, every other country watches our movies, watches other countries' movies and, and knows about other countries. Us, not so much. I think if you don't like the new Top Gun, if you don't like Top Gun Maverick, then you're socially forced not to like it. Like, you want to be the cool kid that says, oh, this is so fucking 80s. This is so cheesy. Oh, fuck no, dude. I fucking watch better stuff on TikTok, flip hair. You know, that, that, I, I, it's, it's that good of a movie. I don't care how old you are. This is a fantastic film. If you don't like it, something's wrong with you. Do you think that, that the younger generation, because I, I have not, I mean, I don't know either way, but I've not heard anyone that hasn't seen the original or that grew up with the original say this because the, the movie industry now is, or in film just play or in TV shows, just play off of nostalgia. This is nostalgia for everybody. We've been locked up for two years. This is a, a, the first big blockbuster out of the pandemic or whatever that's taken off. And we can all reminisce on how, how it used to be. And it's a throwback and stuff. I wonder if the younger kids see it the same way or they're like, I don't know. This is just a remake to another movie. Hmm. Maybe, um, you know, like, are, is your daughter and all of her friends going to see it? Yeah. I mean, I know they're girls, so I, I mean, I, but I mean, on purpose, are they like, oh, the new Top Gun's out. Can't wait to get in the theaters. Come on, ladies, let's go. Yeah. Well, when I said what I wanted to do for my birthday, I want to go see Top Gun. They all said, oh, we want to see that too. So they did want to see it. That's good. For whatever reason they wanted to see it. Um, to answer your question for the younger generation, can you get into it? I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to say, I mean, you definitely can get into it if you allow yourself to get into it. But I know that a lot of the younger generation fights to accept stuff that was before them for whatever fucking stupid reason. 
And well, it's the nostalgia thing because we, tr- the older generations, try to shove it down their throats and try to tell them it's the best thing that's ever happened. And so the, it was the same thing with our parents. They they would do the same thing with shows and movies with us, and we're like, yeah, okay. Um, so I understand that, but but they're wrong because our movies are good. But but I you know even the stuff that was force fed to me you know uh, African Queen uh, on Golden Pond you know those types of movies uh, I would watch them and at least try to appreciate them you know I mean Gone with the Wind and, and those types of movies I would watch them and try to understand why they liked them so much I wouldn't just shut it down from the beginning and say you know that's the that's the difference between like the younger generation now for the most part and gen xers and i would even say to the to an extent millennials is 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 we would at least accept what our elders did with the understanding is they've been there and we can appreciate that now it's like go fuck yourself i don't give a damn what was before me all i care about is now and tomorrow um, which is not healthy, in my opinion, because you don't know where you're going unless you know where you've been. So that, to me, is just stupid. I'll never forget that fat chick that was the valedictorian at my son's high school graduation, and she gets up in front of everybody, you know, on, on this football field, and uh, and she goes at the end, you know, she gives her speech, which was, you know, okay, and then at the end she goes, you know, we appreciate everything that you guys have told us and done for us, but. That's enough. We're done. We got it from here. I was like, fuck you, bitch. I was like, I can't wait to. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall when you're begging your mom to pay for your fucking iPhone bill. You know, if, if that's good, cut that bitch off at 18 and see how well she does. And don't give her a damn bit of advice and wait till she, you know, goes out and gets mugged or whatever the case may be. That, that, <laughs> it infuriated me because that was but like. Why? She's basically just saying, you guys have prepared us. We're ready to go out in the world now. Yeah. You don't need to, to yeah. hold our hand anymore. You just got offended by yeah. it because you think she's trying to tell you what to do. No, 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 no. That's not, you had to be there. It was the tone and I didn't even get it right. I, I'm paraphrasing, but it was the way I wasn't the only person that thought that, you know, she was like, Hey, go fuck yourselves. I don't need your shit anymore. That's what she was saying. I was like, all right, bitch, you ask your mom how to lose weight and she's not going to tell you. You're going to be fat the rest of your life and die of fucking diabetes. Are you sensitive little snowflake parents, you? <laughs> no, that's I not. I see him sitting in the bleachers eating his, eating his chips out of a cup. What, what that bitch say? <laughs> well, it's not that I'm sensitive or more sensitive. It's the fact that as a parent, as an adult, our job, part of our job, whether they're your kids or not, is to help them succeed and give them advice um, to succeed. Now, the advice that is given is not always going to be the best advice. Look, I was given advice my entire life. I was told what to do from people my entire life. And you know what? For the most part, even though I was a very rebellious young man, for the most part, if I respected you, I was listening. And I would take that advice and the good advice I would keep and I would tweak to how I function. But I would say it came from here. But I would very rarely, unless you were a total fucking flake, disregard something that was said. Even somebody that was almost a perfect stranger, I would listen to them. And I still do that to this day. You know, if I don't know things like this podcast world as I'm still learning, just because I've done radio for so long doesn't mean I'm a fucking pro at podcasting. It's far from it. It's a totally different animal, in my opinion. I listen to everybody's advice as much as I can. You know, I'm on email with Daniel Dennis from A Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan 
uh, you know, a couple times a month asking questions to him. I've got no problem with that. There's nothing wrong with asking for a little help and a little advice. And so I ask Nate for fucking his two cents on things all the damn time. Um, Brandon, not so much, but Jill, you know, <laughs> I can teach you a thing or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and that's good, but I think they just think, you know, you're kind of told 18, you're out of the house, you're on your own, you're an adult, figure it out. So I think she's just kind of taking that to heart, but yeah, you're always getting advice. That's part of life. Yeah. Um, so what are a couple of things of this Top Gun thing? I wonder, oh, I got a link here. Let me open this up. Y'all got to see it. It was so good. Who'd you go see it with? Uh, I went and saw it with a friend of mine. Boy? A boyfriend. But it wasn't like a boyfriend. It was just a male friend. Don't get too excited. Did Well, no, I'm just asking a question. Did he do one of those yawns? Like, no, none of that. Really? It's like a best guy friend. <laughs> I was like, I hit up one of my bros. I needed someone to go see it with. Completely platonic, you know. Not, he did pay for the tickets, nothing, but I got the snacks. It's nothing like that. Oh, no, I'm not getting excited. So did he make a move? <laughs> it's like the first question. Give us everything. <laughs> oh, like you weren't thinking that. Please. I knew well, as I soon as I said it, said it that that was going to come up. Yeah, after she said it was a friend, I was like, no, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, she could just be saying that just so she doesn't want to. True. You know, we're <laughs> actually, I'm going to start a new bit for her called, uh, what did I say? What was it going to be called? Why do guys? Why I do think guys? Is what you said. Guys, why do? Something like that. Just a guy question. I think it would be good for the show because she's single, right? And she's, I mean, she's, you're in her 30s, right? 31. 31. Okay. So she's past the threshold of 30. Barely. So, so oh, easy. Time's a ticket. And and she hasn't found that Mr. Right yet. Uh, or even Mr. Okay. And so, I mean, it's not that this she hasn't, hasn't been in relationships. So, and I'm sure she's got plenty of opportunities. It's not like you're not a, you know, a woman that somebody would want to date. Um, but obviously she's single. So something wrong with her. So like something is wrong with y'all. So, so, so excuse me. So she's like, well, I think I'm going to get back on the app, like that Bumblebee app or something. Bumble hinge. Bumble. Something. Yeah. yeah. I think hinge is the new one. Okay. Whatever. So I'm like, this is fantastic. We got you at the right time. I love talking about this shit. <laughs> it's like, I know y'all been out of the market for a while, right? I oh, mean, yeah. I thank God. 10 years, Nate. How long have you been married? Uh, I've known my wife for 10 years. So yeah, about okay. the same time. I am so thankful that I never had to date in the digital world. Never. I couldn't do it. My ego would not allow me to do it. That's why I'm surprised Brandon is never with a chick or has any good stories. Like he's like the, he's the, he's a prime person to be on one of these apps, whether it's just a bang or whatever. And he's hanging out with August all the time. But know? are you on the apps? No, not really. No, I used, to, I used to have them. And then I got uh, too much storage. I was like, all right, what do I got to get rid of? Uh, I'll get rid of Tinder. <laughs> I, I was going to say his phone's always dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's true. Don't get in contact with me. He ghosts everybody that tries to swipe whatever way uh, to get them. Uh, another question for this Top Gun stuff, if you haven't seen it. Do you have to watch the original to see Maverick? The answer to that is no, no, and it's okay if you do. And I say it that way because, and, and I and I thought about this. You know, I'm in the movie theater taking I'm taking notes on my phone. Forty. <laughs> this is 47. When you're, you know, I I have to remember more shit for this podcast than I've ever had to do for radio. It is mind blowing because we have so many different episodes and we record and the days that they're put. I mean, it's like my brain is a mess. So I've got to now really take detailed notes about my thoughts. So uh, I'm taking notes. You know, I'm the guy with the fucking light shining on his phone and taking notes. Uh, I, I came to the realization that Top Gun, the original Top Gun, 
is one of, and I could not think of another right off the top of my head, is one of those movies where if you saw it back in the 80s and you haven't seen it since, you still remember almost every scene. You know, if you were to break it down into different scenes, you know, volleyball scene, uh, call sign Charlie scene, flyby scene, middle bird scene, you know, give them the birds. I mean, like you can break it down and you haven't seen the movie in 30 plus years, 40 years. It's crazy that that movie stands out, at least to me, you know, again, a different age of, you know, somebody that might not be able to relate to that, but you guys have all seen the original, right? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it might be an age thing though, because it was, I was three when it came out. So I don't know when I saw it, when it was 12 or something. So it wasn't in the theaters and like a big deal at that time. So I just kind of watched it. It wasn't like it didn't have buzz around it. So I I remember it, but I don't, I don't know if it would come back to me. Like, like you're, it probably did with you. Do you remember the locker room scene with Maverick and ice? Yeah. I mean, I remember him being in there, but like, I couldn't tell you like the, I know the songs, like the soundtrack from, from Top Gun, but I couldn't tell you at any spot where, where those songs were placed in the movie. Uh, yeah, but I you, can kind of, but you know, danger zone, you know, the theme, like if you were to hear the theme, the bum, 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 like if you were to hear the theme, you would know that's from top gun. If we were playing a game, you know, name that theme, you would hear it. You would know that's from top gun. Right. Yeah. But like, take my breath away. I know that it's from top gun, but I don't think I could tell you what part of it. It was in there. Unless were they like, it was a sex scene. It's so a sexy part. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's okay. the, that's Wait. the Tom Cruise tongue, Kelly McGillis, Blue lit background where you just see the mouth and the tongue go down. Very sexy. No other movies. Yeah, ever see, done I, I don't remember that. I remember you talking about that scene uh, a few months ago, but I don't remember that scene. Oh, yeah. But but it is. It's a very memorable movie. So it probably when it was you know your age, like coming of age kind of thing, everybody loved that movie. Okay, so if you're my age, you don't have is, is, that. Probably stands true. But I don't know, Jill. I mean, it's funny to, to hear Nate say that because I'm younger than you, but I also credit my watching. I mean, I've seen that movie probably like 20 times or so, but it's because it was one of my dad's favorite movies. So, I mean, the first time I saw it, I was probably like five. How fucking old is your well, dad? And also, he's 68. Oh. Like, what did you have you like when you were 12? No, yeah. they hadn't even there. <laughs> you well, you probably loved it too because it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of, it, it's, I mean, there's articles on the internet that say it's a gay movie. Like, so there's, wow. a, there's a lot of hot, sweaty men in it. So you probably love that movie. Not, maybe not for the storyline, but because there's a lot of hot, sweaty guys with their shirts off in it. So. Well, that's a thing. It broke the internet for a minute because some asshole went and redid the movie on YouTube and put fucking gay, <laughs> just made, took everything that could possibly be of homophobic whatever and, and it was like, oh, okay, well, that does fit. Yeah, you're, you are correct. But in the 80s, you didn't think that way. I mean, look at all the hair, the hair bands. You know, it's like if you thought that way, you wouldn't listen to any music or go to any concerts. You're like, are you fucking kidding me? Spandex and makeup and teased hair and hairspray? Mm-hmm. Like, this is <laughs> not tough at all. These guys are supposed to be tough guys. You kidding me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Even Quentin Tarantino said it was a gay movie, so. I think he knows what he's talking about. All right. Well, um, <laughs> so the throwbacks in the movie are are well placed. Like there there are flashbacks, 
which are again well placed flashbacks. So the so you get caught. It it's not. I don't know necessarily necessarily if it's for the audience to get caught up or for the audience to understand the moment. There's kind of a little bit of a difference there. You know, they're not placing it in there going, okay, just in case you haven't seen the first one. But they're placing it there just in case you haven't seen the first one, but this is what's happening now. Does that make any sense at all? Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I don't even know what the storyline is behind the new one. Is it like, like Goose's son comes back and he's... Okay. The new Maverick or like, what's the process without spoiling it? Okay. So the the Tom Cruise is still in the Navy. He's never been promoted. He's cool with it. He's kind of a lone wolf working on a special project. And there's a special mission that comes up. There's no one else in the Navy that has the experience that he has from the original uh, or throughout their career that can teach these students. So he, they, they say, you're going back to Top Gun. And he doesn't have a choice because it's either go to Top Gun or he's out of the Navy. They're trying to get him out of the Navy. He's just like sucking on the teat of the Navy. They want him out because the Navy is evolving to where the future are drones. Where the and that's true, you know. I mean, the future of naval aviation is not the Maverick character, which I mean, there's so many moving parts in this movie that are absolutely true. You know, at some point in time, these tough guys, these war heroes that were in dogfights, uh, you pick the war, are going to be non-existent. That training will be non-existent, unfortunately, but fortunately, because we have the technology to do it, hopefully, it works. There's, in my opinion, there's, for most things, there's, there's better to have a human element involved because you can control it better, I think. But that's the future. That's what they talk about in the movie uh, briefly. So they send him to Top Gun and he realizes, and the, 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 the caveat is Goose, Anthony Edwards' son, uh, played by Miles Teller, Rooster, is part of the best naval aviators that are out there. So they have a room full of naval aviators, and he's one of them. And they have a very bad relationship because, without spoiling it, um, Maverick had done something early in his career, and Rooster doesn't. He thinks one thing, but it's actually another. Which I don't. Th- they never. They never give you a conclusion of him telling Rooster why he did it, but it's all good at the end. So then he's got to train him for this mission that is pretty much suicide and he's the only one that can do it. Uh, and he ends up on the mission. So that's that. That's okay. There's, there's this, this uranium that they have to blow up. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like the fight scenes just are cool. The, the plane, the, the boat, the water, the, the noise, the sound, um, I got to oh, go yeah. back and see it. Did you see it in IMAX? No, I want to. Yeah. I didn't have it as an option or I would have. I've yeah. heard it's next level. And and there was such a push with this movie. Like they, I don't know if at the beginning of yours, I'm sure they did, but they had, uh, they had back to back kind of promos. One was Nicole Kidman, which was ironic because they used to be married, but Nicole Kidman comes out and sits down at the movie theater and says how it's great to be back in the movies and this and this and that. And then there's this just look, this Tom Cruise sitting in, a, I think, a theater just talking to you about, you know, the movie. And, hey, I'm real excited for you guys to watch it. We did this for you. Um, I'm glad you're here in the theater. There's this big push, which I'm, I like going to the theater. I really do. 
Uh, I understand there's the comfort of your own home, and I like that as well, but we have to keep the movie theaters alive. And they have to release movies strictly for the theater. This movie, if they would have released it on HBO Max or something to that effect, you would have nowhere near the appreciation for it as seeing it in the movie theater. Especially IMAX. I've heard IMAX is just sick. Ridiculous. You know, and I haven't been to the movies in a minute. A lot's changed. At least I think so. Like the sound is fucking kick ass. Like I don't know. Remember remember back when Dolby was like the new thing, the Dolby surround sound? And they'd have that kind of promo that would come on and be like, You're listening to Dolby Surround. And they'd have the right side and it would pan. And you're like, Bing bong, bing bong, bong, bing bong, bong, bing. Like, wow, that's so fucking cool. It's like <laughs> noise all around me so neato <laughs> you remember that remember that yeah well, i remember it was like the it was like thx yeah. boom and it would come out and then just have the three big letters <laughs> the whole, yeah, yeah. whole room would shake <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's amazing the theater has has gotten so comfortable with the stadium seating now they offer you know decent food for you to enjoy your meal i mean it's like a whole experience now which is great, but they still have not found a way to keep the thunderstorms out, like the sound of the thunder and the rain hitting the roof. Yeah. I don't know why. Still haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> so some of the throwbacks, and the, uh, these are uh, these are some spoilers. Mm. Oh, spoil it. You're going to get hate. You're going to get in a boxing match. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You get a nasty voicemail. Well, I, I don't want to do that. I, I don't like when people do it to me, so I don't... Just look for the just look for the throwbacks. How about that? Just, it, they did a really good job of paralleling the new movie to the old movie. Yeah, but on top of that, there are scenes and things in the movie that you'll it'll automatically transport you back to the original. You know, and a lot of them are obvious. Most of them are obvious, but the the one that I think is really really brilliant is the love interest in this one, which is Jennifer Connelly, who's a fantastic actress. And she plays the character of Penny Benjamin. And you're like, well, who's Penny Benjamin? Penny Benjamin, actually, and I didn't realize this until, actually, I read this before I saw the movie, which I'm glad I did. Penny Benjamin was mentioned twice in the original. You just don't pay any attention to it. Because you never see her and you don't know the name, but she's mentioned twice. She's mentioned at the beginning and in the middle in the bar scene, the beginning when they go to Top Gun and they're getting yelled at. And she's the Admiral's daughter that Tom Cruise was sleeping with. So she's actually a character. Oh, okay. See, that one went right over. You mentioned it earlier that she was in the first one, but Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't like the first one when they're getting yelled at. And was like, all right, you guys were number two, but now you're number one. I'm sending you to Top Gun. And he's going through the docket of, you know, I forget the actor's name, but he was the principal in Back to the Future. And he's going through the docket of all the, the, the stuff that Maverick has done. You know, it's, you, 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 these flybys and this and this. And he's going through, like, his, his rap list. And he goes, not to mention the Admiral's daughter. And Goose turns to him and goes, Penny Benjamin? And Tom Cruise just kind of shakes his head. So that's cool. And then the bar scene where Meg Ryan flies in, who's Goose's wife, and um, and uh, talking to Kelly McGillis. I'd just like to warn you about Pete, but I just, because his name's, you know, Pete. I'd just like to warn you about Pete, but 
I just can't because I love that boy. And then she mentions Penny Benjamin in that sitting in the bar. So I just thought that like that was cool. That was uh, so clever. Whoever wrote this, you know, um, to 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 take that and make it such a huge deal in this. You know, thirty plus years later, or I, I don't even know. I keep I probably when did the movie come out? Do you know? It was eighty four. I thought I thought it was eighty six, but uh, maybe you're, something maybe like that. She had a good run of movies there. Like Back to Future. Back to the Future was like 84, 85. 85 was the, pff, such a great year. Great for baseball, too. He had rookies like Eric Davis and I think Barry Bonds and Andre Dawson and all those guys. 86 is what this is? All right, 86. That sounds about right. Yeah. So 86, 96, 2006, 2016. So, yeah, just, you know, over 30 years. 36 years. 30, thank you, Brandon. Well, I mean, it's been a while. Usually they do a sequel, you know, closer to the original but did you catch in the movie like you know how um oh well dang it never mind i can't say it i don't want to give away any yeah don't you get i won't yeah i'm not giving any hate people people like you as our social media correspondent i'm not gonna mess it up you give away a spoiler and you're done (laughs) never mind sorry you're done you're done forever all right go see the movie i hope you appreciate we're, we're not doing spoilers i'm not doing spoilers they have it in mexico right Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to see it. Just uh, haven't haven't yet. Probably okay. this weekend. Will it be in Spanish or will they have it in English for you? How does that work? Uh, they have them in English with subtitles, or they'll have it in Spanish dubbed over, or you know, just kind of depends on where the movie is from. So I would assume they'll have Spanish subtitles. Um, so, but I'll have to check. I'll have to check at the theater. Oh, speaking of subtitles, I just thought about this. They don't ever show subtitles in regular movies, do they? Like regular movie theaters, like here, there's never subtitles. If it's in a different, if they're speaking a different language, there are. Yeah, but I'm just talking about in general. No. In, in general, if they're speaking another language, they do. No, I'm talking about the whole movie. Not the whole movie. Uh, I mean, I'm what sure it, there are theaters like artsy theaters. Like we had one in Orlando called the Enzian that they had foreign films that they would have subtitles. But if you're talking about mainstream movie theaters like AMC and Regal and those, no, they, if you're asking if we cater to people that don't speak English, absolutely not. And rightfully no. so. Go fucking back no. to your own country if you want your own movies in your own language. I was thinking of more like <laughs> deaf people. Like what if they just had like glasses you could put on and you could see the subtitles in the glasses? Yeah. Like the no, they, they, Look at Brandon just looking out for the disabled. It, they have that in Texas. Only like Texas? Uh, just because it's close to the border. So I don't know. Maybe I, I would assume maybe up north they would have movies in, uh, with French subtitles also. Um, but yeah, I think it's the only one that I can think of like mainstream was, um, Apocalypto. Uh, did you ever see that movie? No, uh, I've seen it. A, it was a while ago. Yeah. The, uh, I don't know if it was the Incas or the Aztecs or whatever, but yeah, it's all cause they speak their language. I think it was a Mel Gibson movie, but yeah, it's all, all subtitles as far as I remember. So it's just reading the whole time with some mm-hmm. noise. I, I always think it's funny when you're watching a television show and they have subtitles for people that speak English, but because they do it so poorly and you can't understand them, they have to have subtitles. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, you think of, you think of closed caption or subtitles, you, you think of, you know, it's a different language. You're trying to figure out what they have. Squid Games is perfect. You know, Netflix offers you uh, the option, you know, if you speak a different language, you know, it, it can. I think they dub it or, or whatever. Kind of cool feature, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like Squid Games. I watched it in, in English, and it was horrible. I hated that. And people were like, you can't watch it in English. You have to read the subtitles. And I was like, I refuse to. I'm not reading a fucking subtitle if I'm watching a movie. It's just not going to happen. 
And so that's why I hated Squid Games. You know, the, the, the concept seemed cool, but the delivery was horrible, in my opinion. Um, but when you watch, like, cops or something, they get some fucking low-life criminal, and he's talking to the cop, and he's just mumbling. They have to have subtitles. Or, like, some inbred family in West Virginia. <laughs> or, like, that show on A&E Swamp People, where it was, like, those yeah, gator wrestlers. Louisiana. In, uh, Louisiana, yeah. I think they always had subtitles. Yeah, <laughs> Bobby Boucher. Yeah. <laughs> What did you say? He wants chicken for dinner. Hmm, interesting. Okay. All right. So go see the movie. It's good. It'll make you feel. That's another thing. Well, let me end on that, and then we'll do Nate's Mexico moment. It makes you feel good. That's what the movie, and I preach this all the time. Movies need to make you feel good. They, they're supposed to make you feel something. And now more than ever, it's Hollywood's job it's, it's television's job to produce films as propaganda-esque as it is to make this country feel better. Because every channel you turn on to, everything you hear, even on the fucking radio, everybody's bitching about something, they're angry about something, they're hating on something. This makes you feel good. The music makes you feel good. There was a time where that's what everything was, was making you feel good. And it just went away and it became dark and angry. That's my problem with superhero movies. They don't make you feel good. Superhero movies are supposed to make you feel good. That's like the whole fucking point of them to believe in an, a higher power, a sci-fi a non-existent figure that's going to save the day, make you feel better. And then they went all dark and doesn't make you feel good. So anyway, <laughs> that's my two cents. They're trying to be realistic. Well, and, and that's the argument is like, well, that was then this is now what we can't feel good now. Or we, we have to live in the moment of, of darkness and buttholeness. Like, no, we can change that. It will change, but we have to change it. You know, the things that we view, listen to, get entertained by have to change it. You know, it goes for everything. I mean, people with a voice, including me, us, you know, you have to take that into into consideration is is the things that you say. I mean, if you're constantly, you know, bitching and complaining. And, and when I say you go, Bailey, you have a whole fucking podcast of bitching. That's what the black cloud. No, the black cloud is tongue in cheek. You know, it's 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 a gimmick. It's something that is for people that have been with me for a long time. It's kind of a joke. Right. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, that's not my fault. Um, you're missing the point, I guess. So, but but things need to be happy and upbeat. And there's nothing wrong with being happy and upbeat and putting out products that make you feel good. There's not enough of it. Then name me the last movie you saw that is a current movie that made you feel good when it was over. Made you oh, let me give you an example. It made you feel as good as the end of the original Superman movie when Superman is flying the red, white, and blue, the American flag back to the White House. That made you feel good with the Superman theme. Can you name I've never one? seen that movie. I've never seen that movie, but I haven't seen him. I, I really haven't been to movies for like three years, but movies don't have to make you feel good. Movies are art. They can be, there's, there's horror movies that definitely don't make you feel good. Or if you do, you're, you're a psycho. Um, but there's, <laughs> there's dramas and there's action movies and there's comedies. There's different genres of movies. If the movie doesn't make you feel good, go watch one. That's going to make that's going to be all, I, Puppy I, dogs and candy and, and fireworks, no, if you want. I, I, and I said that. I don't disagree. It is an art. It's evoking emotion. Just And, and you should. There's going to be movies for every different emotion. I agree with that. What I'm saying is there needs to be more movies 
that make you feel good. Yeah, but I think the thing, the movies that do make you feel good, which to me, feel good movies are comedies. They're they're funny. The the comedy movies aren't. The, I mean, they might be a big blockbuster, but they're not as big as the action movies or the dramas or you know the top. Even though you said the Top Gun makes you feel good, it's not a feel good movie. I, I don't think it's it's an action movie. It's supposed to. It may give you like some energy and be like, "Fuck yeah, I want to go join the Navy or something." But uh, I don't think it's going to be like. Oh no, well, you you are wrong. you are wrong. It is a Jill feel good movie. What Top Gun? Great. No Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, oh. fucking of course. <laughs> Sorry, Top Gun. I was focused on tuna. Um, I felt all of the emotions with that movie. I think I cried. Well, I almost cried like 10 times. But you felt good at the end. Felt fantastic. Pumped up. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Awesome. Yeah. But that's that's the nostalgia factor. If it was a brand new movie, you didn't know the storyline. You might have thought it was a great action movie, but I don't know if it would make you feel good. You guys are just paying into your, your feelings and your emotions from the past. Yeah, it's definitely pulling on the nostalgic. I, I disagree. I had a an erection at the end. That's how good it made me feel. So it is a gay movie. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, here we go. And now a Mexico moment with Nate. I got it, buddy. All right, last weekend. So we have this group of friends that uh, we have a group chat called Sunday Funday. And when, whenever it's been maybe a couple, every couple of weeks we get together and we grill out or go to the beach or do something. Um, and half of them live in Cozumel on the Island and then half of them live here. So we kind of alternate whether we go over there, come over here. Um, so this past Sunday, it was, um, it was, uh, Wanda, she lives in Cozumel. It was her turn to host. So we went over there for a barbecue and before we're going, we all smoke weed. Um, so before we were going, she was like, don't bring anything on, on the, the ferry. You know, she's like, I got it here. Don't worry about it. You don't have to bring anything. And Jason and, uh, and, uh, Brandon, you guys remember the, the ferry security. It's like a little, <laughs> like, me- like metal detector. That's not even on half the time. And you just kind of walk through like minimal security. It's, it's not uh, anything to worry about. So we we're like, no, it'll be fine. You know, whatever. And she's like, no, no, we got stuff, you know, don't worry about it. So, we're like, okay, you know, why not? You know, then we don't have to use our weed. Um, so we're like, okay, so we're uh, we're getting ready to go. And usually when we bring Tiger, I bring him in the backpack, and then Alexis carries the bag or the cooler or whatever else um, so we can get on the ferry easily. So we get there, and uh, we get our tickets, and we're standing in line. And then the, the ferry comes, and then we're all, like, coming, going through those um, what are they turnstiles, I guess, kind of like an amusement parks. So you're going up and down and back and forth. And, uh, you're in Cosmel, uh, right? Right now. Is that, I'm no, the, this is in, uh, Plato Carmen oh. getting on the ferry to go to Cosmel. Gotcha. Okay. And, uh, so we're going back and forth and then the, you, to get on the ferry and you go down that ramp that goes down onto the, the big dock. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times if you haven't been to Mexico, uh, at the ports and, and airports in different areas or any, anywhere, really there's, uh, military guys and might have big guns or uh, whatever, some kind of security. And we're walking down the little ramp to go out onto the dock. And there's a guy there with a gun, like a, a big gun and a drug dog. And we're like, 
Oh, fuck. You know, even it's like when you see the cops when you're in college or high school, even if you don't, you're not doing anything wrong, you're like, shit, you get kind of nervous for some reason. You're looking around. So I see it like I see the drug dog and I'm like freaking out for some reason, even though I didn't bring anything. Um, and so I walk by uh, with my other friend and uh, they don't do anything to us. And then Alexis walks by and, and she's telling me this later. She's like, I just felt the dog start to follow me. And she's like, what the fuck? So she's walking and all of a sudden she hits like, she almost like fell over. She feels this hit, like something hit her in the back and the dog took his nose, his little snout and popped her in the back with, uh, with his snout. And I guess that's like the sign that they've like hit on something. So the, the guy, everybody speaks Spanish to Alexis cause she's Greek and kind of dark complected. So they assume that she's some kind of span or speak Spanish and, he says in Spanish something to her and uh, our friend Marlos, uh, we had her on the podcast. She yeah. was a guest. Um, she speaks five languages. And uh, so she's talking back to him and she's like, oh, he's he's asking um, if you can put your your bags and stuff on the ground. And he spoke English, too. I don't know. He didn't speak English to her. So he uh, so she takes off her fanny pack and the backpack and then the cooler bag and everything and puts it on the ground. And then he says to her in English, he's like. Do you, oh no, he says in Spanish first, do you smoke weed? And she, and we, weed in Spanish is mota. And so we know that word. So she hears that and she's like, fuck. So she starts starting to freak out. And then she, he says in English, do you smoke weed? And, uh, I mean, normally a cop, you would say no. Um, and so she goes, no, of course not, sir. I, I don't do that. She's, he's like, okay, well, um, if you could step away from your bags, I'm going to have the dog, um, you know, do his thing around the, uh, check out your bags. So he goes and he's jumping, you know, the, the drug dogs, if you ever see them, they're kind of running around and sniffing in and out and grabbing the, And he gets to her backpack and he starts like digging at it. Like he's digging a hole into something. And I'm like, shit. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, please don't tell me you brought like your vape pen or like something. And you just didn't tell me about it. And so I get kind of, he's like, I, can I open your bag? And she opens it up and the dog sticks his head in there and he pops up. And he has a bag of treats for Tiger. And he's going after the fucking pupperoni. <laughs> That's a great story, dude. Oh, that is awesome. I was so nervous. I was like, oh my God, we're going to jail. <laughs> that is uh, getting some applause on that one. That's great. <laughs> so what, what did yeah. the what did the cops say? The police police yeah. We all just like busted up laughing because the dog just popped his head up like, hey, what's up? We got snacks, guys. How's it going? <laughs> uh, so he just starts laughing and he's like, oh, put your stuff back on, you know, and he takes the bag away from her and gives it back to us. Uh, but yeah, I was a little nervous. And when we got to Cozumel, uh, Wanda's boyfriend said, oh, yeah, the same thing happened to me. And we told him about, oh, he asked me if I smoked weed. And he goes, yeah, I told him, yeah, sure I do. Because uh, he was thinking, and I guess that's, you, you can say that. They were, they're asking that because they're asking like, um, is, is your bag going to smell like weed, but maybe not have anything in it? Um, so it wasn't like a trick question or anything like that. So, but yeah, glad, glad it worked out. It was a little nerve wracking there for a while. <laughs> Isn't it funny that when you get stopped by authorities in a different country like Mexico and they have big guns and camo and they're fairly intimidating that nobody argues back with the cops like here in the United States. He's like, I'm going to check your bag. Fuck you. You're not checking my bag. I'm calling my lawyer. Yeah. It's a different, yeah. world. different world. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, like, sir. <laughs> t- t- well, go, go, please check, check your bag. Well, I told you when, I'm not sure if it was when we went to Cozumel or we were coming back. I want to say is when we were coming to cut Co- one, one of the two, there's a box. When you get off the boat, uh, it looks like a stage, like a small little stage. 
that's got a black side and background. And if they find something on you, they put you there. It's like you're, you're being displayed for everybody to see. And there was this guy that was right. I guess it would have been on the way back because you guys weren't with us on the way back, but yeah. they, they stopped this guy, this young guy and, you know, swimming trunks, flip flops, tank top, just partying it up. And they put him in this box and they had armed guards around him um, and dogs. And they'd found, I guess they'd found weed. And he's cause I, cause he was going, it's not mine, man. It's not mine. I don't know where I got it. It's not mine. And I was like, <laughs> Keep I was, yeah. Oh yeah. I was talking to my neighbor yesterday. He's from Germany. And he was telling it. He's like, "Did you see the two guys get arrested yesterday in front of our building?" And I was like, "No, what happened?" He said, two, uh two guys got stopped by two bike cops, and he's like, they were big fat guys, and um, they they pulled out this big bag of weed, they put it on the ground, and the one fat cop was going to arrest him and was going to put the handcuffs on handcuffs on him, and right when he's going to put it on his wrist, he like. Shoot, shoots his wrist down, grabs a bag of weed, and just fucking books it and just takes him <laughs> off. And the, the fat cop looks at the other fat cop and he goes, eh. <laughs> and then he slaps the handcuffs on the other dude and arrests the other guy. See, the one dude got away with his weed because the, the cops didn't want to run after him. But the fact that you it. the fact that you said book it makes the story that much better, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from. Maybe it's just talking about the, the nostalgia, nostalgia of the 80s and 90s. It, it was so fucking rad, man. He just booked it. Gnarly. I was like, gag me with a spoon. I'm out. All right. Let's talk Did to not. our let's talk to our guest. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if a tree falls on someone else's property, usually that person's out of luck. Under Georgia law, landowners only have a responsibility to ensure and check for visible and apparent patent decay and tree rot. So if your neighbor's tree falls on your land, you're usually out of luck. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. Are you looking to build a mountain home or a cabin in western North Carolina? You know, you hear me talk about Paradise City all the time and the cabin up in Mineral Bluff. Well, Mac Development Group, they are a one-stop shop for all your needs. A full-service design-build real estate developer, and their team handles everything for you. From your land acquisition to designing your custom home to the general contracting and building. They provide your family with the ability to have a one-stop shop and know what your project is, and it's delivered on time. Plus, everything is built in this 3D software process that you can see ahead of time to make you kind of ease your tensions as you move forward with this really cool and exciting thing in your life, right? Currently booking for full-time builds, and they need to get folks on the schedule. The folks are you. Reach out to Mac Development Group, macdevelopment.com. That's macdevelopment.com. Also, hit them up on social media, Instagram and Facebook. I'm so happy that so many of you enjoy Nubertees Men's Wellness League's uh, practitioner, Diane Spiva, when she comes on the podcast. I think it's great. You know, I've been going to Nubertees Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs, Georgia, for well over a year with testosterone maintenance. But they do so much more than that with a weight loss program, sexual health, 
pain and joint management. Nubertese Men's Wellness League is a men's wellness facility for guys and guys only. Guys, as you get older, your body starts to break down. There are things that you can control and there are things that you can't control. Just pop into Nubertese Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs or go online to menswellnessleague.com and schedule a phone call just to see where you're at. It could possibly save your life. That's a true story actually happened to a listener, right? So right now, the Wellness Combine, get it for 99 bucks. That's $200 off the regular pl- uh, price. Plus, mention the BS Podcast and get 10% off that price. But you got to mention the BS Podcast. Go to menswellnessleague.com. Hit that schedule button. Son of a bitch. I just called to say you should subscribe to The Bailey Show, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. Manny Aurora, back in the Golden Scissors studio. Criminal law. You need a defense attorney. He's your guy. In Atlanta, but practices nationwide. Right now, Manny Aurora is getting all kinds of press because your client in New York, uh, Anna Delvey, has said that she's starting her own law firm. Explain that to me. That was just a joke, I think, and uh, some people misunderstood. Obviously, you can't start a law firm without a law degree or being in prison. All right. So, so how, like, how does that make the news? I, I read this, and I'm going, and you're even quoted in the story, like the Daily Mail got a hold of you, right? I don't know if they reached me or whatever, but somebody had called and I just said, look, this is just a joke. It's not possible. And I guess it's a slow news day, so they just run with anything that she may have said just in jest. Well, okay, so what's the joke, though? Like, was she unhappy with you? Was she unhappy with the system? Or I don't understand. Who did she tell this to? I'm not sure. I mean, she may have texted it to somebody, but between her father, her friends, anybody that's willing to sell anything that she says, it just turned into a thing for no reason. It's just like, you know, this legal stuff doesn't seem that hard. I could probably start my own thing and probably give people, you know, some comfort because she's had some not the best attorneys in the past. Uh, We're all good. It's not anything to do with us, but it was just blowing off a little steam. I guess we're having some fun. So she can text people in jail? You have an app where it's very specific people. It's, you know, it's a monitored text Uh service, so you can text them through this um, get out of... uh, communication app that you have for the prisons wow really okay and 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 the people that she surrounds herself with i'm assuming and this would be probably part of your job too is you go in with your client and say all right who do you who do you have who's surrounding you because we have to find out who we can trust and who we can't trust because everybody's going to want to make a buck off her sure yeah well i mean she is who she is and the people are who they are i mean you know you're you're stuck in jail and you talk to who you can talk to and you can't control what they do. She does realize that she's, when she gets out of jail, when you get her out of jail, she's going to be able to make a lot of money just by telling her story. Well, for her sake, I hope so. But, um, you know, eventually all this fever is going to die down. But uh, right now it's pretty high. She took a, a lot of abuse with this story. Then there was an art show, and she got some bad press, you know, with that, even though I think her sketches are pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. She, she did an art. She, Anna Delvey. So for those that don't know who Anna Delvey is, if you, you've got to watch the Netflix doc, uh, Inventing Anna. The uh, girl that plays Ruth 
in Ozark plays Anna Delvey um, on, on, on this documentary. But it's a real story of, and we talk about her every time Manny's in here, but it's a real story of this girl that uh, was trying to open up this foundation and she maybe not was the, the most forthright with her, her, her truth and her information about getting this loan money, but the way that she was able to get into people's minds and make them do what she wanted them to do is, is amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, so that's who Anna Delvey is in a nutshell, right? You got anything to add to that? Nope, that's essentially what the show portrays. She's a she's she is a master manipulator. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In well, my opinion, as most uh, women would be, but uh, yeah, exactly. Not to be sexist. Sorry. So, so behind bars, she had an art show. Yes. Yeah, so what she did is she does a lot of sketches. She's been to art school before, and so um, some up and coming art promoter folks got a hold of it and decided to put this on there, and so everybody's going to make a buck off of it, hopefully. Yeah, so uh, she has an art show, she's texting people through the app, and then she says she's going to start her own law firm, and whatever reporter decided to pick that up uh, didn't do much digging, I guess. Well, I guess it all depends on the publication, too. It's like, Anna Delvey says she's starting a new law firm. doesn't yeah, matter the, if it's true, right? But the stupidity of that statement and to publish it just <laughs> kind of tells you where we stand. But didn't Casey Anthony start her own private investigator firm? <laughs> I mean, at least you can you know pay the 100 bucks and get your PI license. You can't just start a law firm. And the fact that some journalist, I don't know what the Daily Mail's like. I assume it's a tabloid kind of thing. I have no idea. Yeah, I, but, I um, think so. I, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, the Aurora lawfirm.com is the website for Manny if you need him. Before we get to uh, any voicemails that you, by the way, can leave on our hotline at 404-369-3825 or the questions via social media, which we always run through when Manny's here outside of the Anna Delvey case, what else you got going on? Uh, just the usual dog and cat kind of stuff. Uh, keeping up with all these gang cases here in Atlanta that are going on. Stuff in the news. It's been pretty hectic. Uh, so so, you know, we've seen this rash of shootings in our country, which is which is absolutely disgusting and horrible. But if the shooter is still alive, and this goes for any shooting, not just mass shootings at schools or grocery stores or what have you, but just it's obvious that they were, when I say it's obvious, they found the gun on the person. And right. they might have even admitted it in interrogation, right? They still need defense because that's how our system works. You have due process. Um, you take that job you take the job not because you are doing something moral the issue under our system for it to work is everybody gets a defense no matter what you've done you don't get to pick and choose who the good guys or the bad guys are in that situation if there's a gun there's a confession you know the person's going to be convicted what you're doing is trying to contain the sentence instead of getting the maximum what can you do try to find some mitigation some redeeming quality in that person mental health issues whatever it is um you just don't go into a place and start shooting children or other stuff unless you've got something seriously wrong with you right and so guilt innocence isn't always the issue sometimes you know that's a foregone conclusion and you're just dealing with mitigation as far as that goes but the dangerous issue is when you when we make comments like that is we don't get to pick and choose who you represent or who you try your hardest for because then the system would collapse because then who's deciding who's worthy of a defense. So you go in with the mindset of this is the system, this is my job versus emotionally and personally going, I'm not representing this guy. That's the, it's, 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 it's literally a job because defense attorneys always get the bad rap because you, you know, 
trial by by social media, that person is automatically guilty if they were handcuffed or even uh, accused of it. Uh, your job is to represent them. And then even if they get off, I mean, look at OJ, for example. I mean, OJ was acquitted. Right. But, you know, t- decades later, everybody still, I mean, if you were to ask somebody, what what is OJ Simpson known for? They're going to say, oh, he killed his wife. Right, but They're most, not even going to say the lover. Right, but the point is nobody actually listens to the entire trial or understands the evidence the way it is. I mean, at some point, People want to bash the jurors, but you, the listeners, are essentially jurors. Right. You could be on that jury, and we don't know, because nobody that I know has ever watched it from cover to cover as far as I go, sat through the pretrial motions and see what happens. The biggest issue is if there's police misconduct, doesn't that need to be called out, or do we just simply say, hey, we know he did it, so who cares? Baby with the bathwater, all those kinds of you know, colloquialisms that you could say. It's our job to make sure things are done properly by the government side so they're not taking shortcuts or lying or doing anything like that, and then the chips fall where they may. I'm not here as a moral judgment police, but everybody deserves a defense under our system, and I don't get to pick and choose who I do. Well, that's part of our system is the checks and balances. I mean, you're you're the checks, and they're the balances. They're the balances, you're the checks. Right, if the government does its job right, there's no issues, there's no exaggerations, then people are most likely going to get convicted. Have you seen any of the the Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix? I'm on this binge-watching thing, I apologize. but I saw the movie, I haven't gone through the whole thing, but I assume it's some crazy murder, and in the end it'll turn out that he really did it after he's acquitted, right? That's usually how it goes. Well, I don't want to spoil alert, but it's it's really good. I would think that you would like it because he is a defense attorney, and most movies and television shows always depict the prosecution. Uh, The defense is always the devil, and that's kind of where I was getting at the beginning of this. And in this case, it's all about the defense. The prosecution is actually the devil. So... The things that uh, Mickey Holler, the the attorney, does um, is 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 a ama- like the the his cross. Ex- I mean, just like the stuff he thinks of. And it's like you have to be a brilliant mind to think on your toes. I mean, I know it's a show and it's a written show, but still, you know, in real life, you people, the defense attorneys of the world, you do the same. The good ones like you, you do the same exact thing. You're able to take what they say. I mean, the, the way that he. He does the things in this trial, or absolutely, like you're just in their jaw drop. So there has to be some truth to it, obviously. There's always truth to it. If you know the facts of your case inside and out, then it's really easy to be able to think on your feet because there's always going to be twists and turns. Nobody is 100% going to tell the truth. Testimony always changes in the stand. And there's always little nuggets that, you know, the other side doesn't want out. And it's your job to figure it out and bring that up. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, when I do it, there's no dramatic music, mm-hmm. but. You know, yeah, you get good at it after a while. It's really interesting. They show them picking the jury for this big trial. There's like a bunch of different cases. He's inherited this this law firm from an attorney that was murdered. So that's part of the storyline in this first season. And then he's got all these little cases that he has to go and, and how he defends his clients are very clever and creative. And then it's the big case is the overall theme, right? Uh, but when they go to, to pick the jury, which I'm sure you've done a million times, it's it's I guess each each seat gets ten challenges. Defense and prosecution gets ten challenges. Is that is that is that true? Well, on the show, yeah, but in some states it's nine. Sometimes it's twelve. You know, it, it just varies between federal and state jurisdictions. Oh, okay, did not know that. But ten seems like a good number. Okay, so ten on the show, and 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 then they go through, and uh, he brings in this woman that he knows 
that's a professional poker player, which, of course, you know, I think that's yeah. cool. And she can read people like crazy. So are you saying I need to hire you and have you come in? Because that will be very helpful. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, people dig too deep into uh, the science of certain things when really there's just certain people have a knack for it and have an in instinct. I have an instinct for reading people. This woman in the show, you know, it's the tells. They're called tells. You know, and she's, it's kind of obvious to certain tells, you know, scratching the leg and, you know, eyebrow, rubbing the nose. I mean, these are all obvious tells, but then you have to figure out what the tells mean, you know, and then there's certain people that have poker faces. Yeah. Those are the ones you kind of have to be worried about and you question. The ones with the tells, you don't, you know everything about them, but the ones that you can't figure out, those are the ones. So you, you probably go through that, right? When you're picking the juries, you try your best. I mean, we've. Do you have a person like that, that that sits there and tells you the tells? I have not thought about hiring a poker player. I mean, occasionally there's a jury consultant, but they're just mostly helping us craft questions to be asked. Well, he declined the jury consultant and hired her instead. Okay. Yeah. Well, smart play on his part then. Yeah. But yeah, they just, the jury consultants help you, you know, basically come up with questions that you can ask. But when you're the lawyer and you're questioning all the people simultaneously, it's very hard to see who's doing what. So right. it'd be kind of helpful to have one or two of those uh, truth seekers, I guess, in I'll the audience. I'll tell you what, the first one's pro bono for you. You, right. you bring, well, might be some good. You bring me in there, and uh, <clears throat> I'll give you my two cents, and we'll see how well I do. I mean, it can't hurt, right? It can't hurt. You know, you don't have to listen to me. It's uh, it's uh, so anyway. Watch, watch that. It, I think you, you know, that's right up your alley. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna. Like it. something to do this weekend. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So, all right, let's get to some of the questions again. Uh, social media and get to all of our social media podcast thebs.com and just put you know for Manny or you can. DM us uh, if you don't want it out in the world and you don't want everybody to comment on it, which I totally understand and I totally get. If you're a CI for drug task force and DHS doesn't know it and they want to drug test you, but as you know, <clears throat> excuse me, you can't blow your cover because then the whole world would know. So you react like these individuals and you have to do like they do, which is if they say hit this, you have to. You following so far? Yes. Okay. So what would be the suggestion of what I need to do because I don't have my children involved in my job and I don't get paid to do it either? What do I need to do? I'm not certain what the question is, but DHS, yeah. assuming that's the Department of Homeland Security, yeah. I'm not sure why they're drug testing you unless you are on probation or something from the federal courts. But if you're working for a state task force as a CI, they have confidential things that they can send back and forth to different agencies so people know that. Because if you're going to fail your drug test, DHS doesn't know you're a CI, you're going to get incarcerated. I think that's the question. So CI is uh, a confidential, confidential informant. Okay. And they're, they're having an issue, a personal issue with their kids, yeah. but they have to do the drug for their job, but they can't blow their cover. So DHS, they may mean DFACS, Department of Family and Children's Services. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, is probably what I'm guessing. That's fine. I mean, as far as that goes, you can have one of the agents call them directly, and it wouldn't be blown because all the stuff from the family services is confidential. Even the lawyers have a very, very hard time getting a hold of it. So that won't be an issue if they mean defects. The DHS part doesn't really make that much sense to me. God, that would be, that'd suck. You know, you're like, that's your job. You're undercover, and you have to do all these things. And Well, a lot of informants get paid, and some of them get paid pretty well, you know, to do these things. Yeah. All right. Uh, my husband got indicted last uh, indicted. Excuse me. Last week in Georgia, he's facing seven charges 
uh, is possession of uh, meth, possession of firearm during the commission of a felony, will willful obstruction of law enforcement officer, two counts of destroying or causing serious or debilitating injury to a police dog, possession of drug-related object and receipt possession or transfer of a firearm back convicted felon. That's a lot. Uh, my husband was arrested last year in Tennessee. He's currently serving three years in a Tennessee prison. When he was arrested a year ago, the cops arrested him at our home in Georgia. But instead of taking him to Georgia jail, they transferred him to a Tennessee jail. My husband was never arrested on the seven pending charges he's facing in Georgia. My question is, how can my husband be indicted in Georgia if he's never been arrested slash charged? All right, so if he's in a Tennessee prison for three years, that sounds like he got convicted for some unrelated crimes in Tennessee. So what happens is while you're serving that time, any other state can charge you with whatever they want, and then they put a hold on you. So instead of getting released at the end of your sentence in Tennessee, then they're going to ship you to whatever county in Georgia that's brought the charges against you, and then you go from there. All right, so that's that's the answer to her question. How can my... My question is, how can my husband be indicted in Georgia if he's never been arrested? Well, I mean, he's already in prison, so there's nothing to arrest. They'll just ship him over there. As long as there's an indictment, they don't necessarily have to physically come and get you and fingerprint you in. They'll just leave you in Tennessee until your sentence is up for that case, and then they'll come get you for Georgia, and then you'll start the process in Georgia. God, that's a, that's a lot. I mean, all those... That's a lot of charges. I mean, that's that's kind of ridiculous. A, a couple of them are sort of repetitive. It's alternative theories, like with the gun. I mean, if you have a gun anywhere near drugs, they'll charge you with that. But then if you're a felon, then you add another charge for that exact same gun. So you can be charged multiple ways from Sunday. And it sounds like there was some fleeing from the police, or maybe his car hit the drug dog, or he shot at somebody. What, what's the longest rap sheet you've ever seen on a client? Uh, we had a guy with like 40-something arrests. A lot of Jesus. minor stuff, but basically every year he's getting arrested for something stupid. Like, like drugs, marijuana, and then it's suspended license, you know, stuff like that. It just <laughs> went on. It was like a almost a 35-page book as far as that goes. It's pretty bad. Doesn't it get to a point where the judge is like, all right, you, like you just have no value to society. It's time for you just to go away for a very long time. Right. Those are recidivist punishments, but if you're just doing the minor stuff, you'll do a year there, a couple of years here and there. Um, (laughs) But they're just waiting for the big one. When they get the big one, they'll probably end up getting a life sentence. How how does that happen to somebody? How do you get arrested? I'm guessing he was probably in his 30s, right? Well, if you're going to get that many arrests, you're probably starting at 17 when you're an adult and going forward. And so if you're getting the minor stuff, you're paying fines, you're doing these kinds of things. Once it gets a little bigger, you'll do a couple of years at a time. And then if you actually get caught with some substantial amount of drugs, then you're pretty much in there for a decade or more. I wonder if there's any truth to it's a rush for people. Like once you get arrested and you get off, like you you don't serve any jail time, you don't mind getting arrested again because you think that you're going to get off. You just keep pushing it until you go to jail finally. I'm sure there's a lot. To that, it's sort of like when we speed on the roads, it's kind of a thrill. Yeah. But at the same time, you can say once they get caught and get off, you say, thank God, you know, this and happened. I'm not doing it again. I'm yeah, changing my ways. I don't think people do that, though. Yeah, well, thankfully for that, that's why I'm in business. Um, if they did, <laughs> yeah. I'd be out. But, um, yeah, it's a rush and you get this. But, you know, it costs a lot of money to get good lawyers and things of that nature. But I'm hoping most people learn their lesson. But if not, we're here for you. I got caught with eight and a half grams of weed at school. The weed was packaged into five separate packages. I have no previous record. I found the weed in the bathroom and was going to turn it in, 
but I got scared and didn't turn it in. What are my options? Well, your options are they're going to charge you with possession with intent to distribute, especially in a school, um, so that enhances the punishment. And hopefully there's a witness or somebody that says you saw it. Otherwise, you're going to be charged and you have to defend yourself and you know present that story and hopefully somebody will believe it. Yeah. Uh, I've been charged with theft by shoplifting in Georgia. However, when arrested, I had not left the store yet. How can they charge me when nothing was taken off the property? Ooh, I, I've, I, got, I got something on that, too. Well, it's going to depend. I mean, if you've gone through the cashier area and you're basically heading for the door, but they stop you, you don't get penalized by saying, hey, I didn't you know, make it. This isn't like Shawshank Redemption where you get out right. of jail and now you're you know, running. <laughs> yeah. um, it's all based on intent. You can theoretically be charged with attempted shoplifting, even if you didn't go through the cashier because you were stuffing stuff into your shirt. And especially, God, I hope you didn't do it at a Walmart or a Target because they have cameras everywhere. Mm. But that's attempted shoplifting. Or if you get through the, sec- the pay area without paying but not out the front door, then you've essentially completed it because you didn't pay for the items. That, that's what happened to me. My summer into senior year in high school, uh, Sarasota, Florida, went into the Kmart before going to the beach. Me and my buddy, we wanted to go and steal two do-rags. Okay. All right. Dollar twenty-nine. They were dollar twenty-nine. I remember that. And I picked a white do-rag with the black paisley design, and I put it in um, my pocket. And I was walking around, and I just had this weird feeling. My buddy had already taken his and left the store. Yeah. And he was in the he was in the car waiting for me. And I felt weird, just this, this weird feeling. So I take it out of my pocket, and I shove it down my pants. And now, granted, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm wearing uh, swimming trunks. I've got this University of Florida Gators, like, half shirt on, for whatever reason, and flip-flops. And as I'm walking out the door, this large man comes up to me. And I was a big dude, you know, for a senior. I was like, you know, 6'3", 220 or something. And I, was, I was a big dude. And uh, he comes up and he says, uh, sir, I need you to come with me in this back room. And I said, no, it's not happening. He goes, I saw you take it. And I said, take what? And he goes, I have no problem uh, doing a strip. He's like scaring me. Strips. I, I didn't. I was like, <sighs> so I started walking with him. And then finally he's like, all right, dude, I took it. All right, you can have it back. <laughs> I, just, I was like, I got I to gotta go. My friend's waiting. He's like, no, it's not that easy. The cop shows up. And thank God the cop knew who I was from the football team because I'd been in the paper a couple of times. And I was telling him, I was like, you know, if I get arrested, sir, I'm going to lose my scholarship. I, you know, have a potential to go here and here and here. And he's like, well, I'll make a deal with you. If you call your mother right now and tell her, then I'll let you go. I said, not a problem. I knew what I was going to do. Um, I was going to call my line in my house. Yeah. So I called my line in the house and I was like, she's there. He goes, she needs to call me within the next week or we'll come and get you. I said, not a problem. So I ended up telling my mom like a couple days later and she breaks down and cries. She goes, am I just not providing for you? I was like, no, I just wanted to steal. something. I don't know why I had the money. I just wanted to steal it. I was, I, I stole all the stuff. I was stealing. When I was a kid. I was like, I was just that kind of guy. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I didn't st- I didn't walk out of the store with it, but I was walking towards the exit. So that's right. I, I mean, the point is mission was complete at that point. Right. Exactly. I was, I was literally five feet from breathing freedom with my new white dollar 29 do rag with black paisley design. Can I be convicted for flea and eluding motor vehicle with no video evidence? What is that? What's flea and eluding? I mean, if a cop is 
trying to stop you and you keep going. That's what they're trying to do. Um, and yes, you don't need video evidence as long as the cop says that the blue lights were on and they were trying to pull you over for something they had caused to try to stop you for mm-hmm. or a reasonable suspicion. And then you took off or you ran or whatever, then yes, they can charge you with fleeing. Uh, let's do a voicemail here. Hey, this is Alice from Douglasville. My husband and I were carpooling to work. We normally don't, but my car was having problems. Already running late, and of course we get pulled over. Long story short, the cop found some cocaine in the car that wasn't mine. Mm. But since both of our names were on the car, he didn't own up. They stuck me with it, too. I've since lost my job, but we are separated at the moment as well. I'm wondering if there's any way I can prove it was not mine. Thank you. She sounds very nice. She doesn't sound like a cokehead. No, it's going to depend on where the cocaine was found and then who is driving the car. Um, Regardless of whose name it's under, the driver is presumed to know what's in the car because they're the driver. Um, Now, let's go with the assumption that she's a passenger. It's really easy to beat that case unless it was like in her purse or something of that nature. If it was in the back seat or in her trunk or someplace um, else, and it's primarily the husband's car because she said her car was having problems. Mm-hmm. It's what's called equal access. She should have a very straightforward defense and should be able to do just fine uh, with even a you know second year lawyer. This isn't difficult stuff. She should be able to win that case. We we get that a lot, right? The car thing. Something's found in the car. It's not yours, but that's also probably a very popular excuse by everybody that gets caught with something in their car certainly but it's like the drivers always get stuck but if i'm the passenger and out there then the question is do i reasonably know what it is or is it within my arm's reach or is it visible mm. if it's hidden in the glove compartment and i'm just a passenger or it's in the trunk uh, if the officers need to make their quota they'll arrest everybody but you'll have a straightforward defense it's called equal access and you should do fine oh you know what i wanted to ask you with that lincoln lawyer stuff uh do you have a private investigator that works for you uh, we hire a contract with private investigators all the time. Like he's not, he's not your buddy. He's not hanging out with you all the time. No, he's not your protector. No, I don't have that. And I don't have a driver, but it's Lincoln lawyers where the guy works out of his car and he's got the biker gang protecting him, but I don't, yeah. I don't have a biker gang friend. So <laughs> yeah, cause that, that's, that's cool. It's, it's, I need to step up my game because <laughs> yes, I, you could have the Manny lawyer and totally get a show on Netflix uh, but you got to have you know, the little bells and whistles. You well, know? then I'll get a Maybach, but Maybachs are not meant to be driven. You got to have a driver for that, and that will be just sweet. We just, you'd be the Tesla, uh, you know, be the Tesla attorney or yeah, something. That's kind of cool, too. You know, just, and the car drives itself. You don't even need a driver. <laughs> just, yeah, that's a little iffy, but yes. <laughs> but you got to have the PI, like the Lincoln lawyer guy, he's got this PI, <clears throat> and he's kind of a love and hate character because he talks, he, he, I don't want to be mean because I like the character uh, and I like the actor, but it's almost he's kind of goofy because he's supposed to be this tough guy, um, former and a former biker gang guy, and he's a private investigator and he's very good and he's well connected, uh, and he's got but he's like he's got a soft side to him, um, but you know he's the tough guy. He just doesn't strike me or he doesn't come across as the overly tough guy. Not like in the movie, The Lincoln Lawyer. Yeah. You know, um, I think they had, uh, what's the the big country uh, singer guy? He was he was in the biker gang. He, you know, Trace Atkins, right? He, he looks mean, right? Like he's going to tear your head off. This guy's like, oh, give me a hug, you know? So he doesn't look like Sam Elliott, which would be the classic uh, right. tough no, guy. No, I mean, it's, Sam Elliott is the, is the, is the tough guy. Uh, can a felon own a black powder gun in Georgia? <laughs> I'm 
Sorry, black what gun? Black powder. I'm assuming like a Civil War type of gun. Yeah, if it doesn't work necessarily, then I think that should be fine. Or you can just get uh, you know get it checked. If it's not working, then it's not a real gun. The whole idea is it's got to be able to dispel a pellet, you know, with gunpowder and things like that of that nature. Why wouldn't you be able to own that? Because you're not allowed to own a gun if you're a felon. A oh, I gun. forgot the felon thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was just like, why couldn't you have a black powder gun? Why not? I forgot the felon thing. Yeah. So if it works, you can't have it. Right. I mean, there's a specific definition yeah. in the statute um, that says what a gun is and how it's supposed to work. And, you know, maybe if you're shoving the thing with a stick in the front, maybe it's not that way, but uh, I, I wouldn't risk it. Can a felon own an old pirate cannon from a boat? Uh, if the cannonball comes out, you cannot own it, right? That's well. I don't know. Does a cannonball sound like a gun? Yeah, it's. A you li- know what? You buy that, and I'll represent you for free if they come after you. Because well, that be- would be an interesting case to do. Let me get. Let me get my felony charge first, and okay. then let me get my cannon. Well, just do shoplifting. Just get a, like a TV or something under your arm and walk out. That'll make the criteria to make it a felony, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, I'm sure that we have listeners that are felons, and they would be more than happy. I look. I will front the money for you to go buy a cannon. And then we'll go from there and we'll I have some guarantee good you can find a cannon on Amazon. I'm sure you can. Shipping might be a difficult thing, but uh, here's the last one. Can a trespass person hire someone to get around the trespass? I notified a company person. Uh, they were no longer allowed on my property and fired them for causing damage to our pool equipment. They then hired someone else to come on my property while I was not home to take pictures of the damage after I told them not to do that. What legal recourse do I have? Hmm, it's interesting. All right, so you gave a trespass warning to a company. said, don't come here. The company hires somebody else, and that person comes onto your property. Yeah. Well, the trespass still applies unless you gave permission to this other company to come out there because people aren't just allowed on your property except for, like, you know, the common area, like walking up to the driveway to the front door or something like that. They're not allowed to go to the back and things of that nature. So... You would still have a trespass violation as far as that goes, as long as you can prove that that person was related to the company. Otherwise, you have a separate trespass action against the person because they just came on your property without permission. I think the word hired is the key word in this whole thing, because if they wouldn't, if they hadn't hired them, they didn't obtain their services. They wouldn't have given money for their services. And they just said, hey, can you do me a favor and go on that property and um, take some pictures? Probably a little bit different, right? Well, if you're the company that's been kicked off my property, you can't then hire somebody else to come back on my property to do something. That's what I'm saying, hire. If they don't hire, if they don't give them right. money. If I, as the owner, didn't give you permission, then it doesn't matter who the third party hired. They're not allowed to come on there because I'm the only one that can give permission. That's what happened uh, with this house up the street here. It's beautiful, brand new house. It almost looks like it doesn't fit in the neighborhood. And it's a seven-figure house, and uh, the original original uh, builders ran out of money. Then somebody else came in and got it. We actually uh, kind of knew those people, and then they sold it, and then it was sold again, I think. And when the guy was selling, it wasn't in the house, and somebody came out to the house, um, African-American guy came out to the house, uh, to look at it or something like that. There, there was some type of miscommunication. The owner shows up, thinks that the guys, for whatever reasons, the news came and everything. 
And it turned out and a gun was drawn because huh. the, guy, the guy didn't know he was, I think he was a photographer taking pictures for the house or something. And the, the guy didn't know it. So he pulled a gun on him. And then, of course, it becomes a race thing and, and this and this and that. And it was, it was a big ordeal. Wow, a gun. I assume it was during the daytime. I mean, it was during the, it was like noon. <laughs> don't we just ask questions anymore before guns get drawn? Like, hey, what are you doing here? Or no. stay away and call the cops? And no, we, we don't. We don't. I mean, there's not been probably a bigger conversation about gun control than there is going to be uh, or happening right now and going to be here probably the next couple of years because of what we've seen. And it'll just be interesting if... All the brains in the in the chairs that we put these people in are able to come together and figure out a solution to make everyone happy. You yeah, know, you're trying to tell some jokes now. What's that? I said, are you telling some jokes now? <laughs> you don't think you don't think it could ever <laughs> Not be done? Not even possible. Yeah, it, it, it's you know, it's it's one side screams mental health and mental illness when it's convenient for them. The other side is like it's all about the guns and it's the guns. <clears throat> it's the guns' fault. Um, you know, and there's truth to both. That's the thing. It's like neither one of them is wrong and neither one of them is completely right. They just have to check their egos at the door, check their political party at the door, have a seat and say, all right, what are we, what am I willing to give up in order to get what I want? And the other side has to say the exact same thing, because in my opinion, not one side is right and what one side is wrong. I what about what we want, Jason? But it doesn't if matter I want to own a want. gun, that should be what they're listening to. But what's the issue if I have to wait a few days to get a gun? Do I really want your gun purchase to be an impulse? Oh, you're preaching to the choir. I, because I, look at I the agree. rules we just changed in Georgia. I mean, it's gotten as lax as anybody in the country. Now this is happening. And so when we wonder why. Yeah, I, I, you're preaching to the choir. As a, as a proud, safe firearm owner... And a big fan of firearms and love to shoot firearms, I have no problem, and I've said this a million different times, no problem uh, passing regulation, being put on a list, waiting a couple days, checks. I think that without a doubt, every firearm owner should have a license and you should have at least an hour of training. Uh, from a professional at a range and and have range time, just like a pilot needs a license and it has to log so many hours in order to get the license. I think a firearm owner should be the, the exact same thing. It's just like a car, but the Texas attorney general came out last night saying we need to start arming the teachers to prevent this kind of stuff. So we're back to the, what the Florida thing happened, right? Arm the teachers. Arm the teachers, yes. That's interesting, right? Yeah, and I've never been a fan of arming the teachers because I don't think it's their responsibility to now become G.I. Joe. Right. They're teachers. They're there to educate. Not many teachers out there uh, are, are going to be able to fire the gun. at. I mean, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. But it's not their job. I mean, you're not, you're, you're not paying these teachers enough money as is, and now you want to say, what, for an extra couple thousand dollars, we're going to give you a gun, and now you have to be you know, in charge of protecting the school because you're now super teacher. I mean, that's, that's absurd. What if they shoot and miss? It, and they and they shoot the kid, and now they they're going to go to jail for murder, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, it's a mess. Uh, theauroralawfirm dot com. That is the website for Manny Aurora. If you need his services, he will defend you until he's blue in the face. Yes, located here in Atlanta, uh, but practices nationwide. So uh, feel free to reach out. Good seeing you, buddy, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Jason. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. 
You want to know when the best time to upgrade your house? Always. Always a good idea. It's great for your property value, especially if you're in the business of trying to sell it right now. And definitely the kitchen and definitely the bath. UCI Kitchen and Bath, that's where you need to be. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator, plus installer for the past 20 years. Extremely fair prices, quality of work, excellent service, uh, sets them apart from their competitors in their industry, which is a busy, busy industry. So if you want to visit the showroom located in Norcross, Georgia, right there, you can see their cabinets, you can see the granite, you can see the countertops, you can see the quartz, you can see the marble, you can see the quartzite, and you can watch them cut it there too. It's a one-stop shop as UCI Kitchen and Bath also provides the installation on whatever you buy. Let's save you some cash. Mention the BS, you get 10% off regular priced countertops. So, save some money. Mention the Bailey Show podcast, 10% off regular priced countertops. UCIGranite.com. Veteran-owned, established in 2009, Rockland Contracting. David Hawks is your guy, specializing in deck design and build. He's got this amazing 3D software. You'll see virtually what your deck will look like before it's done. Here's the thing. David Hawks has been with the Bailey Show podcast for a very long time, and he is booked up throughout the summer. So right now, if you're thinking about getting a deck design, he also specializes in basement remodel, new HVAC installation, interior and exterior painting. You got to book now with Rockland Contracting for the fall months. You can get a hold of them at 678-879-3867. 678-879-3867. So many of you two percenters have gotten a hold of David Hawks and Rockland Contracting, and he can't thank you enough. He needs some help. So if you're an experienced deck builder or you know how to do anything else that Rockland Contracting does, get a hold of David Hawks, 678-879-3867 or rocklandcontractingllc.com. Help you help your business get to the next level. And you do that by incorporating create graphics in there. Whether it's vehicle wraps, corporate events you might be having, interior, exterior events, Graphic Design and Apparel, Create Graphics, is a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, wide-format printing, and graphic installation. Excellent customer service where every project is going to get that one-on-one experience from start to finish. CreateGraphics.net, C-R-E-A-T-E-G-R-A-P-H-I-X.net. Or you can call 770-369-9962, 770-369-9962. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear then get a full 7 days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com It's better than radio. And back to you Jason. See my new fish tank behind Jill? Well Jill you gotta move a little bit. You guys notice that? Oh that's a big one. Yeah, it's kind of hard to see, but yeah, I see it. Oh. Is it is it a different one? Is it bigger? Looks bigger. Yeah. So here's what happened. This is not my oh, doing, gosh. by the way. Uh, so the original fish tank in the Golden Scissors Studio uh, studios for all to see was a prize from my daughter. Uh, I forget what it was for. Maybe Valentine's Day or something. Because I wanted to put a, just a little fish tank down here. That's all I wanted. Just a little baby guy. Watch a little fishy swim around, little beta fish, one beta fish. That's all I needed. I didn't want a big deal. I've been down this rabbit hole before. You, you start small. That's how they get you. You get addicted to it. Have you guys ever had hamsters? Did you have hamsters no. growing up? 
Don't ever get hamsters. You start with one. You're like, you need some buddy. You have no idea what is a male and what's a female hamster. You put it in there, wake up the next day, you got 33 fucking hamsters. And then you get scarred for life because if you don't take the babies out in time, the mother eats them. Oh, my God. As an eight-year-old watching a mother hamster eat her baby was, I'm sorry, 11 years old, traumatizing. It was it was horrible. You know, then the damn thing bit me. I mean, it's just bad. Fish are kind of similar. I mean, they're not eating their babies. And if they do, you really don't care. But you start off small, and then you're like, well, you know, he needs a friend. Yeah. And then they go, well, you can't put anything in the fish tank because it's a beta. Well, what do I do? You know, and then you're like, well, I need a soccer fish. I want a shark. I want something. And then you're like, all right, well, let me get a 10-gallon. Let me get a 20-gallon. You know, I wonder if my contractor can put one in my whole fucking wall. You know, it's, it's an addicting thing. It's really crazy. And I know this. So I was happy with my five-gallon fish tank with Finn Tutuola in there. Now, granted, it needed to be cleaned. And uh, I asked my daughter to clean it for me for my Father's Day prize coming out. And she was like, yes. Never got around to it, so my wife cleaned it. And then she's like, you know what? I want to get a bigger tank. And I'm like, it's not your space. This is, stop trying to fucking own everything in our house. You know, you have your own office filled with shit. A Peloton that really is an expensive clothes rack now. You know, the kitchen and and, and even the bedroom. You, you know, everything is yours. This is the Golden Scissors Studio, owned and operated by one Mr. Jason Bailey, a.k.a. Big Daddy Bang Bang. This has nothing to do with you. I clean it. I replace the smelly thing. I do the trash. You do nothing down here. This is mine. I think you need a bigger fish tank. I think you need more fish. Oh, don't pull that, you mother (laughs) manipulator. (laughs) Let's just go and look. She gets me. Right. So I'm like, all right, I needed a break. Let's go to PetSmart. Now, Finn's not doing too well. He's swimming on his side. What Google says is he's got the swim, uh, swim bladder or something like that. I don't know. Have you ever heard of that with fish? Yeah, swim bladder is oh. hel- helps them reg- regulate like how it helps them go up and down in the water instead of just forward and side. So oh, okay. if it's fucked up, then he maybe he's floating or he's down at the bottom or yeah. sideways. He's fucked up. He's, 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 he's floating and sideways, but he's not dead. And I refuse to flush him down the toilet. I'm not going to kill him while he's alive. I'm not going to Joe Pesci him in casino and throw him in a, you know, a grave while he's still breathing. It's just not going to happen. I I just don't have the heart to do it. So, uh, I find out that if you, the the tank being with the algae could have probably done this to him, but when you clean it, they can actually come back. So I was like, Oh good. You know, Finn, Finn's a strong, Finn's a strong little fella. He, He could probably come back from this. So she's like, why don't we put Finn in the man room? How cool would that be? Watching a movie, the fish tank's there, Finn's swimming around. You got Finn in there, and then we'll get a bigger tank for down in in your studio. So there's no room for it. Oh, we'll make room. It's not a problem. Let's go to PetSmart. Let's look it over. It's like, all right. So we go to PetSmart, and we run into this young, green-haired woman that... I guess knows a lot about fish. I, I, I don't know if she does or she came across like she knew a lot about fish. I can tell you that she was confident in the advice that she was giving us. And uh, so at first we were going to take Finn out and put him into one of those bowls 
that they sell them in just to have them on the side, right? Have them by himself. It'd be easy to clean the water. He doesn't need much, you know, let's be honest. He might not have much longer to live. She goes, Oh no, 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 no. You don't want to do that. That's horrible for the fish. I said, but all of your fish are in them. She goes, I know I've told them numerous times. It's bad. It stresses them out because they've got nowhere to go and they see their reflection and they don't like it. I said, so why does every pet store in the world have their betta fish in these bowls? I don't know. It's horrible, though. It's, to me, animal cruelty. I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to be one of those fucking conversations. I can just tell. I was like, well, um, okay, we we have a five-gallon tank, and we're lo- we were told that we could put a handful of fish in there, like a sucker fish and some of these fish and this and that. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't put anything in a five-gallon tank other than a betta fish. What are you talking about? It's not what the guy, the nerdy guy a couple weeks ago told me. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. She said, five-gallon tanks are made just for betta fish. So I didn't say that on the box. She goes, yeah, they don't tell you that kind of stuff. Uh, okay. She goes, you at least have to have a 10-gallon tank. And then there's only so many fish you can put in there. I was like, well, that's all I can fit is a 10-gallon tank. Let me show you. We have a sale going on right now. Oh, <laughs> All right, so we go over there. My wife's buying into all this, hook, line, and sinker. I got the I got grandma, I got Poppy uh, is there with me too. And uh, so she finds this 10-gallon tank. She falls in love with it. I mean, it's nothing special, you know, but it's got bubbles in the back. Like, it shoots bubbles up. So that was kind of neat. And, and, and so it's always got bubbles, which gives more oxygen to the fish because the bubbles. I was like, oh, that's cool. That makes a lot of sense. I was like, okay, so what fish can I put in here? You know, I want to do a shark. I want to do one of these. I want to do one of these. She goes, you can do anything from that row, this row, that row, and this row, but you can't do anything else. And I'm like, okay, well, um, that's cool. I, we, can, we can find the fish in this row and that row and this row. That's not a problem. We can totally do that. So we start picking out fish. Right. And then and then, of course, you got to add stuff to it. The fish market is brilliant. I mean, these people make a stupid amount of money. So you got the fish tank. You got to buy the rocks uh, to buy um, to buy uh, real greenery to put in there because it gives off more oxygen and all these little things. So the fish tank might cost seventy dollars, but you're in for another hundred with all the shit. You got to buy, you know, a, a little thing for them to swim through. I got this little skull island thing. I got a shark in there. I mean, I got all kinds of stuff. So, uh, so we, we just have like, now we're at like $200 and we don't even have any fish yet. So yeah. And then, then there's this other older woman, Olga, that doesn't speak English very well. She's cleaning the tanks. And so we, cause the, the green haired lady, the Joker lady left us. I said, Olga, what, what, you know, what fish can we put in here? So she calls the Joker chick back over. And tells us what fish we can have. I was like, okay, so let's take one of those. We'll take one of those. We'll take one of those. Take one of those. And she goes, okay. She goes, do you know you can't put them in right away? And I said, oh, no, no, no. You got to acclimate them to the water. I get it. I've, I've done this before, kid. <laughs> you know, you put them in the bag. You, you, know, you remember going to the fair and winning the goldfish and you put in the bag. Yeah, I get it. I've done it. It's not my first fish tank, kid. <laughs> Fucking relax. You can't put them in for six weeks. Now, if you buy this stuff, you could probably put them in in three weeks, like the certain formula. I said, what are you talking about? Six weeks? It takes six. She says it takes six weeks to get the water right to put your. She's trying to tell me that people that know about fish buy a fish tank, 
buy their don't buy their fish for six weeks and put it in the fish tank. I find that very hard to believe. I've never heard that in my entire life of America. Have you ever heard that? I've never no. heard that. Yeah. I, yeah, I have. My buddy Josh, he's like real big into fish. He's got like all kind of saltwater fish and freshwater. I think I never heard about the freshwater, but I know the saltwater. You gotta let it get the like the right pH level and all the bacteria in there. You gotta let that grow before you put the fish in there, and then you gotta test the water and put different chemicals in there to offset it. That's oh. a whole. That's a whole thing. Damn. Ne- never knew that. Well, as she's telling this, you know, I had some decoys, you know, talking to my wife and stuff. I'm always believing, but she didn't believe the six week thing, but she's believing everything else she's saying. So yeah, I did one of those. I turned down the aisle and I Googled it. <laughs> you know, like have you ever been in a store and somebody's trying to sell you on something? You're like, that seems really expensive. Let me go to Amazon. <laughs> just gonna, <laughs> Let me check this out. Do you have a restroom? And then you know, I did that with, uh, before we went to the Bahamas or no, before we went to Mexico, I was looking for some shoes because my plantar fasciitis, uh, like some flip-flops or, or sandals that I could wear, you know, when I go to the beach that are good for my feet. And I went into one of these hiking stores and they wanted like a ridiculous amount of money for these not very attractive sandals in which the word sandal I hate just in general, but I had to get something. And I was like, let me see what Amazon's got. And I was like, do you have a restroom? And I come back and I'm like, you know, I can get these on Amazon for half the price. You do realize that, right? I don't make the prices, honey. I just try to sell you on them. I was like, okay, I got you. I'm out. <laughs> and, I, and I bought them while I'm in the store. And you kind of feel a little bit dirty because you're doing that, you know? Um, so, uh, so anyway, so I was like, all right, let's just leave. I can't take this chick anymore. And, and, and then, but I'm, I, every piece of research I said, this is uh, 24 to 72 hours tops, not six weeks. That's ridiculous. Six yeah. weeks. I've never heard that. That's just silly. Yeah. It's like a month and a half. No way. That's way too long. My yeah. fish are lucky if they get 10 minutes before I just dump them right in there and say, survive. Yeah. Well, she goes, she goes, this, she goes, this just, ironically, this just happened to me yesterday. I had people come the day before and buy some fish. They were very, I told them six weeks and they put them right in and, you know, and, and they called me and they were upset and they wanted a refund and I could not give them a refund. I'm like, I don't know, lady. I was like, <laughs> but she was so like convincing. She was one of those like 22 year old kind of emo. She's like Caleb's world, you know, like, Thank God can my chemical romance is back. You know, like she's like one of those types of chicks. And she was like, if, if you didn't believe her, I, she hoped you died. <laughs> it was like, it was just of, you got fresh water though, right? Yeah. Salt water's too much. I mean, you gotta be, you yeah, it's a lot that goes into it. You gotta be a really into fish. To die. I just wanted a couple fish. Like I was fine with my tank. My wife forced me to get, I mean, I said, I'm like, I'm not paying for this. She picked up the tap. You know, she's selling houses left and right. So I'm like, you, you got to pick up the tab on this one. She's like, that's fine. I'll, I'll buy it for you. She's like, I, I just, I get to come down there and feed them. You know, that's the only thing I get to do. I'm like, all right. Those are her fish too. <laughs> <laughs> According to her, everything in this house is hers. Uh, this is probably the day I got fired from the radio station. She was like, oh, I've got total control now. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take a minute for this podcast thing to launch. I've got at least a year just to be in total dominant control. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, do you know who, what's the name? Papa, Baba, Baba Vanga. You know, who Baba Vanga is. Ooh, I do. Yeah. Oh, you guys do. She was, um, not a psychic, I guess, like an Oracle. Oh, same thing. Right. You know, who Bra- you know, who Papa Vanga is Brandon. Oh uh, yeah. We talked about her on like episode eight, oh, seven of good, bad, ugly, maybe. 
what, like a modern day Nostradamus or something, right? Uh, Nate, yeah, you- that, that, yeah, that's who we were, t- we were talking about, Nostradamus, and um, I think we brought her up. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. See, she's like a she's like a mystic. I think she has no eyeballs or something. Uh, before her death, she's a Paul a Bulgarian mystic. Yeah, what's the difference between a mystic, an oracle, a prophet, visionary? Soothsayer? I think it's like the like a a priest, pastor, father kind of thing. Like oh. they're well, all pretty similar, but they just have a little bit different. Maybe maybe a mystic can have sex with their husband and a. In a psychic can or something. <laughs> she she predicted the pandemic for 2022, even though the pandemic was in 19, right? Yeah, COVID-19. That's the whole 19 part of it. So anyway, um, uh, many discredit mystics as non-scientific, but a large number of others still believe. In the United States, for instance, around 49% of people report they have had a mystical experience. Uh, according to Pew Research Center, 57% believe in psychic phenomena more generally. And, you know, Nate and I do not agree on this, but I totally buy into it. I don't think that we use the majority of our brain or the powers that the human being possesses um, that we're, we are able to see. We have we have superpowers, you know, whether it's talking telepathically or it's, um, seeing the future. I, I, I think that the certain human beings can do that just depending on how they use their brain and how much of the brain that they use. I know, Nate, you don't agree with anything I just said. I know. I get it. Yeah, well, it's, it's not true, but you can continue. Okay, it's not true to you. It's not necessary. No, no, to science. To science, it's not true because we all use the same amount of our brains. Uh, the, the ten, You only use 10% of your brain thing. It, it was a misquote. It, that's not even a, a real quote from somebody but but if you believe in psychics and the and fate and all that stuff that's fine i'm just telling you it's not real well i I do i think the majority of people do believe in that stuff i'm actually really surprised that nate doesn't no he doesn't oh because i believe in science and evidence and i believe in science and evidence as well but i also (laughs) believe that there are some things that can't be explained yeah but but the the evidence if you're going to believe in evidence there are plenty of stories and plenty of evidence of people throughout time predicting almost to a T uh, or to a T of life events. You know, I mean, Nostradamus, yeah, not always accurate. Uh, and I, yes, I know in his quatrains, you have to read between the lines because it was a different time and in, in, in place um, with the language that they spoke and how they spoke and things didn't exist. Like New York City, the word New York City did not exist, but they used the word new, you know, during the 9-11 um, quatrain stuff, you know, I mean, that's, it's just well, too who close. cares if it didn't exist. If you can see the future, you should know these, it, they shouldn't be these generalities. If you can see the future and it's a real thing, you should be able to say at five Oh four AM, this thing happened. And this is the person that did it in this city, even if it didn't exist. If not, then you don't, you're not seeing the future. You're just making generalities and you're trying to throw a bunch of shit against the wall and hope one thing sticks. Cause nobody brings up all the things that have, they've been wrong about. It's only like the one thing that they're like almost kind of right about. Well, that's the world we live in. Nobody brings up all the good things people do. They just bring up the one bad thing they did. You know, that's kind of a common thread with human beings. Uh, I don't care where you're from. You know, you, you, you know, as they say in, in, in the radio business, you're only as good as your last show. 
That's why podcasting has been great because my shows haven't yeah. ended. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, now, Vanga died over 25 years ago. Many people are still paying close attention to her predictions, and some even appear to have come true. Uh, some of her predictions, let's see. Um, Van- Vanga said we should expect a new pandemic in 2022 from a pathogen that will be discovered in the Siberian permafrost. Uh, okay. So does that mean that's a new new pandemic? It's the next variant. Is that the next variant? Yeah. It's called the permafrost? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when everybody starts bombing Russia, it'll all the permafrost will melt, and then that's where the, the new variant will come out of. <laughs> it's funny you say that. They ju- I just read an article. I don't think it was in Russia, but it was like in Antarctica or something. They had uncovered in the ice a deadly path. Not a, uh, they didn't say pathogen, but it was like a deadly bac- bacteria or something or another that was in ice. Um, that they uncovered, like in a big ice cube, in a, in a glacier, iceberg, or whatever it is. That's it. Oh, yeah. That's what she was talking about. Yeah, that's why, um, like, climate change and stuff it can be scary, and a lot of people don't think about it, is when things melt, there is a lot of bacteria and viruses and stuff from maybe thousands or, you know, hundreds or thousands of years ago that would kill modern humans but because we don't have any immunity to right. them because we haven't interacted with them. So that is something to be kind of terrified about if you think about it. Yeah, real terrified. Um, Papa Vanga. Baba, I keep saying Papa, like Papa Shango, the wrestler. Baba Vango thought Europe would have dissolved by 2017. I got that one wrong. Um, yeah. She says global hunger will be eradicated by 2028, and doctors will soon be able to use clones to heal people. I guess I we'll can have see to that. wait and see. Is that going to happen? <laughs> Six or, years? Well, I could also see um, global hunger being eradicated because is it Elon Musk that was talking about it? Apparently. Like, it would only take, like, a billion dollars or maybe less to eradicate the world's hunger. It's not that expensive. We're just being assholes about it. We can totally fix it. But instead, we'll buy Twitter. That seems like a better use. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Priorities. Well, you also have to understand, these things will never, world hunger will never be eradicated. Homelessness will never be uh, eradicated. You know, those things that we could fix will never stop because people of power and money, um, uh, need something yeah. to hang their hat on uh, because you, 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 everything can't be good. You know, we could make so many things so much better, but then what are you fighting? We always have to, you, human beings have to always fight against something. It's, it's I always say the Darth Luke thing. Yeah. Luke Skywalker would be nothing without Darth Vader. He'd just be some punk ass whiny little kid. Darth Vader is the hero of Star Wars. He's the one that makes everything work because he's the bad guy. You know, when you're trying to stop the bad guy, you have to have that in life for whatever reason. You know, it's just how it is. I you know, wish it wasn't. So now this is an ad for the most dangerous um, energy drinks. Anyway, so also <laughs> I, I went and I saw other predictions, 20 predictions for 2020 that people would say would happen by that year. And there were uh, a bunch of. You know, smart people that they that they took into consideration, scientists, mathematicians like D, DJ Brennan, um, who wrote some of this stuff in 1968. Life expectancy will rise past 100. Futurist Ray Kurzweil predicted in 99 that the human life expectancy would rise over 100 by 2019. Well, that didn't happen. He was off on that one. 
Even though I think eventually it will. You I think? do too. Yes, absolutely. Well, With th- all of our like alcoholism and all the America, or I guess the world's youth nowadays, everyone has a jewel in their mouth 24 hours a day. Well, Those th- can't be good. Yeah, but think think about where we've come. I mean, even our grandparents, the life expectancy. Now, my grandmother was fortunate and, and lived 90 years on this earth, and she never exercised, but she never smoked. She didn't really, you know, she might have a glass of wine every once in a while. She just was a healthy horse, right? But you know, her friends and even siblings were dying in their, you know, even my mother's siblings were dying in their fifties. Um, you know, because a lot of it was technology, medical technology wasn't there. They're all dying of cancer, which probably a lot of that cancer that they had, if it would have been caught in time and we would have been educated, they would have at least been in remission and had a couple extra years left to live. So absolutely. I totally buy into that. You buy into that, Nate life expectancy at some point will rise past a hundred. Yeah, totally. And I'm looking in the 1800s, life expectancy was between 30 and 40. Right. And that was That's just true. 200 years ago. But yeah, I, I think I've mentioned it before, but I, I read an article saying that the person that will live to be a thousand has already been born because of the medical advances. Like, let's say in the last 10 years, it's caused us to be able to live another 20 years. Well, in that 20 years that we've extended people's lives, the medical advances in those 20 years will keep people going for another 20. And it'll just it's just kind of like it'll just keep perpetuating uh, the medical science and keep you just like um, who's the the um, UFO lady that we were talking to? Caroline, Caroline Corey, Caroline Corey. Yeah. Yeah. Just like how um, she was saying that. they like the aliens have like evolved or whatever, something, something along those lines. I think we are just, we might be the same race as aliens, but maybe they started their civilization a little bit before us. And we just haven't even got to that point yet. I mean, we don't even have like interplanetary travel or anything yet, but they do. They just might be a little bit ahead of us. I believe everything that you just said. I, I, I agree with all that because even you go back in what we've seen with animals you know, some of these animals, like what's the story that I was told, like the monkeys turned into fish or yeah, the monkeys were stuck on an Island and they learned how to swim and then eventually spend so much water time in the water. They turned into fish or a certain type of fish or something like that. You know, so you look at alligators, which are an offspring of course of dinosaurs, but are still around, you know, those types of things. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, See another one. Uh, Computers will be invisible. That is true. Computers are uh, embedded everywhere these days. Um, smart tablets, chairs, desks, whatever you have. So that that one came true. I don't know who said that. Doesn't matter. It was oh the same dude, Kurt Kurzelwell, Kurt Kurzwell, Kurzwheel, Kurzwheel, Kurz Kurzwheel. I think he's German. Kurzwheel, <laughs> Kurzwheel. But what the next step in computers are is the air is for them to be um, just disks. And, and and the government has these from what I read. And, but to the public, it's it's the the technology isn't there yet for us to afford it, I guess. But it's literally your computer is a disc. I mean, you've seen it in movies all the time. And you the air you're pushing the air, and those are the buttons, and you can move shit in the air. That's 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 yeah. the future of computers. Yeah, I think they already have that um, with certain certain things. Even like they have uh, those keyboards that just kind of project onto the like your desk or whatever and you can just tap it and there's not any actual key but it's tracking your fingers and stuff that's cool um books will be dead this dude predicted it's all this guy i guess kurzweil who is this guy you guys look him up k-u-r-z-w-e-i-l 
Herzl. Ray, the mechanic, mechanic slash scientist. Ray, Ray Kurzweil. Well, that's wrong. Books are not dead. Even though. Yeah, well, me, oh, he said by 2020. Yeah, these were all by 2020. Oh, yeah. Not dead, but I think they will be eventually. Not dead, but dying. The net revenue of the U.S. book publishing industry has decreased since 2014. The industry still sold 675 million print books and brought in nearly $26 billion back in 2018. That's pretty good. I don't think books should ever die. You know, I mean, they're not going to be as popular because you have other options, but I wish that I liked books. I wish that I could sit. I wish I had time to sit down and read a book. I wish I had no TV in my room, no electricity and just a candle and a nice book. And then I could add somebody, <laughs> then I could talk to somebody about the book. Like what, you know, like you see those movies, uh, serendipity, John Cusack's a book guy in the movie. And, you know, part of the movie with him and Kate Beckinsale, she puts her name and phone number in this specific book. And as he walks the streets of New York in order to test fate and destiny, he has to check. And if he finds the book with her name and phone number, then they're meant to be. And he talks about books throughout the movie. Like, who's your favorite? Like, if somebody were to ask you who your favorite author is, would you be would you have an answer or writer, not author, just writer? Who's your favorite writer? You're going to make something up, something that you, you know, that you. That, that It'll you, be a, a book you read in high school, probably right. that you're forced to. It, it, <laughs> exactly. Or you're going to say Merriam Webster, you know, or something like yeah. that. You know, but but, to but have, we all do. We all do a lot of reading, though. And I think it's just the evolution of of how we consume media. Like people want to act like you're, you're better or whatever. If you're reading a book, I think as long as you're taking in information, it doesn't matter how you, it, it's just like those, the, I don't know what they're called, like ages or whatever. The people that believe like everything in the past was better. Um, but I don't, I don't think books are like the, the signal of being better. I think you, we read a lot of articles or we're reading, you know, you can read a book on a tablet or whatever. So I think as long as you're reading something, I don't think it has to be a book, but I have that same feeling that you're talking about. Like, that I should be reading books. Like I have this weird thing in the back yeah. of my head that I, that I'm doing life wrong. Cause I don't read. <laughs> it, it, it's the same feeling Brandon gets when he puts his dress pants on to go to the bank. He feels more important and, and there, I'm not beating you up on it. There's nothing wrong with that. You're dressing to impress and there's something to be said about that. Any man that puts on a suit, a nice suit is going to feel different than wearing workout clothes, you know, especially if you're walking into a place and everybody else is wearing the suit. It's the same exact feeling. If you're able to talk about books and writers and authors and stuff like that, you know, if you follow Reese, Reese Witherspoon's a big book person, right? She's like, she's like Oprah, you know, Oprah had the book club. And if you follow her on social media, she every once in a while talks about a book. And I'm like, God, that makes you so sexy. I mean, it's sexier than what you are, but you're even more sexy that you're on Instagram right now talking about a fucking book. Like, like it was the, it was the best movie you'd ever seen. <laughs> it's like, God, that's so sexy. I can only imagine what it does for women. When a guy, have you ever had a guy come up and talk to you about books? No, uh, I mean, not so much. No. But if he did, that'd be hot. I guess, I guess it depends on the book. Well, I'm not a huge book person, but it does show that you yeah. have brain cells. It, 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 that's what Nate's saying. It's just this feeling, even though it might not be true. It's yeah. Just, it's just a stigma. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly. It's weird. Uh, we'll have self-driving cars, this dude wrote. That's true. Tesla. That's it. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Um, what do you mean, kind of? I know a guy who took a nap in his car driving to Florida. He put that thing in auto drive, literally was like laid out. Yeah. Jesus. 
And now he's dead. <laughs> and now he's dead. Because <laughs> he they're terrible, but, terrible drivers in Florida. Good luck with that. I think what this guy was talking about is true, true autonomous vehicles, like where you just get in and talk to it. They have those. That's what Teslas are. Yeah. Yeah. They're just not mean, like, uh, like mainstream or a majority uh, on the road. They exist, but they're not implemented yet. That's not what Tesla is. It's not a true autonomous car. You still have to start it. You still have to uh, push a button. I'm talking about one that you, what do you mean you don't? Of course you do. No, you just you just hop in with the key and you go. Well, yeah, you can talk to it. You can say car turn on. It's yeah. already on when you get in there. You just got to have the key in your pocket. It did. We watched uh, DDP drive his car up to us while he was not in it. That's autonomous. What? <laughs> yeah, but he uses, but he clicked on his phone to do it. Well, yeah, I would that, say with just the voice control on his phone. Yeah, I'm talking about the car knowing where I'm at. Like, just come like, up. You're talking about like the movie cars, like the cars, like alive. a true autonomous car. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean we <laughs> have so I, I get it. We have, but one that you know you don't <laughs> have, you don't have to touch any buttons. That's what I'm saying. Well, okay. Well, you don't need to have the, the autonomous. Is just you don't have to drive it. You're just sitting in the car, just relaxing. Uh, see, in 1994, this book, The World in 2020, British commentator and editor Hamish McRae foresaw retirement ages. What a weird thing to predict. Reaching what a weird name. Yes, 67 to 70. So it'll be normal to retire at 70. That was this person's prediction. That is not true. Actually, uh, the average retirement age in 2016 was 65 for men. 63 for women. That number stayed relatively steady for men over the past few decades, but has increased for women. I don't even think that number is right. I think less people retire. Like nobody retires. And it's not so much like the idea of retiring is that you don't want to work, but people, people, if you like what you do, just because you're getting paid for it, I know technically it's work, but it keeps you sane. Like I love, I love quote unquote working. I'll work on vacation, I'll work on the weekends, I'll work at night, I'll work in the morning. I like working. I like creating something. You know, and I think it's a it's a mixed bag more than ever because so many creative people are on social media using that platform to create content. You're working because most of you are making, well, not most of you, some of you are making money from said platform. That would be a job, right? That would be the definition of a job if you're getting paid to perform a service. Right. But these people but I, on social media enjoy it. It's not a job. It's, it's, it's the saying, it's, this isn't really a job because you enjoy doing it. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but there's always an aspect that you don't enjoy about it. And I, I think people retire so they don't have to work anymore. I don't think it's, it's basic. You only work to make money. If, if we didn't have to have money, nobody would work. It's, you, you, make, you work to make money so you can continue to live. People like waste their whole life working and don't enjoy themselves, and then they retire so they can finally spend the last few years of their life having a good time. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever retire, though, because I enjoy doing what I do. Yeah, but you're weird. <laughs> oh, well, that's very scientific of you. <laughs> well, no, I, I didn't mean that, like, negatively. I just meant, like, you're, <laughs> you're an outlier to that where you do enjoy doing it, and there are people that enjoy that, but a lot of people hate their fucking job. They just have to do it so they can survive. Yeah. Well, that's what I'd always say when we were at the radio station, you know, my ex-partner, I remember made a comment one time. It was like, you, you know, I, I was beating up the business, you know, the industry. And he said, but you, he goes, you, but you do lo love what you do. And he was correct. He was spot on. 
I said, yes, I do love what I do. I just don't like the people I work with. <laughs> you know, so there is that. You are correct. I love radio. I love entertaining. I love podcasting. I love doing shows. I like I like the creative stuff off mic as much as I like the stuff on the mic. You know, it's not all about the execution. It's pre-execution and post-execution. And it's a rush for me. But it has to be the right setting. Like, I've, I haven't been... I can't remember the last time I've been this happy this past seven, eight months creating the content on my own, uh, on my own time frame. you know, to come down here and not be rushed and have to make sure I get the planner out and bullshit and kick back about not every mouth getting fed and stuff. Uh, this is, it's phenomenal. So uh, there is a difference, but I'll never retire. My good friend who's been in the industry a very, very long time. He's a power player in the industry. Nate, you know, who I'm talking about, he told, and he's in his seventies. And he told me, he says, I'll never retire. And it's not because he can't afford to retire. He definitely can afford to retire. He just doesn't want to retire because he wants to be in, he wants to be relevant. He wants to be in the moment. He wants to help even, you know? So I guess he, he would be in the weirdo group with me. Yeah. You guys need a fucking hobby, something that's fun that you enjoy. I do have a hobby. I've told you, I got a new fucking fish tank and I got a smart bird feeder and I play there tennis. I'm a professional tennis player and uh, I, I uh, work out, do the gym stuff. So you can get, you get to do all those fun things when you retire. You can uh, have a good time doing it. What do you call somebody that's, is it just a bird watcher or is there like a name, like a scientific name for a bird watcher? Uh, I want to be called a master nerdy birdie. <laughs> I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know i don't know what this i don't know what the name is <laughs> a birder but, but if your job is your hobby you know like content creators if your job is your hobby it's not a job you know i thought that when like th- this time of as we say in the radio business being on the beach not being in the industry at least for terrestrial radio i was going to take time I, in my head i'm going Oh God, I need a mental break more than I've ever needed in my life. I'm going to relax. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do projects around the house. I had all this stuff planned. I was going to do a road trip to LA until gas prices got ridiculous. You know, I was going to do all these things. And then we started this like a week after I got fired. Right. And I couldn't be any happier. Like if we would have started this later, I don't think we would have had the success that we have already in such a short period of time. But I enjoy doing this. I'd rather do this than those other things I was going to do. But I tried to do those things for a couple of days. It drove me fucking insane. I can't sit down. I can't relax. I mean, that's just not my MO. I was like, uh, the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, I could be out in the garage making something right now. I mean, what the fuck are you doing, Bailey? You're watching Law & Order. You've seen this episode 20 times. You t- you know you could make a shelf for the Caddyshack out right now. You could do it. It'd only take you about two hours. <laughs> that's, going, that's just going in my head. Uh, all right. I'll give one more here. That this, uh, this is somebody else. This is Schwartz and Leiden. Schwartz and Leiden? They predicted Americans will vote electronically from home. Not yet. Hasn't happened. Yeah, not technically. You're close to it. There are yeah. proponents the of online votes. There are, yeah, you're, you are correct. There are proponents of online voting um, to improve the, the voter turnout. And it should be, you know, if somebody can figure this out, I know there, I think it's more the right that has a problem with people doing the, the mail in votes and stuff. But 
they don't take into they don't take into consideration that there are people that live paycheck to paycheck that are single parents that can't always their bosses are not going to let unless you make uh, Super Tuesday uh, a, a, a holiday where everybody gets the day off, which if that would solve a lot of problems. And if you don't go to a poll, that's on you. But until that happens, like they do in, in the Bahamas, when they vote, they don't serve alcohol until six that night and you don't work. It's you go and vote. That's that's how they get the voter turnout. Now, granted, it's a lot smaller than the United States. But until that happens in this country, I think that you we have to do everything that we can to get as many votes as possible for voter turnout. You know, the, the argument with the right and the, the mail-ins, like what we went through last election, is that predominantly poor, less lesser income people are doing the mail-in. But because they're living fucking paycheck to paycheck, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think yeah. the, I think the president should be picked like American Idol, where <laughs> where where we have like a, 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 a judges and they come out and they fucking do talent shit for six weeks and we all get to watch and we get to vote. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think it should be. Should have a yeah. should have a, a Republican, a Democrat, and um, uh, a, a neutral. You know, a, a libertarian or a neutral, or or even have a libertarian, and then have somebody from another country even throw their two. They're just judges throwing their two cents in. And then the rest of it, how did, how has American Idol been able to figure out secure voting for a fucking talent show on TV, but we can't figure it out uh, for a presidential election, the most powerful job in the world. How is that possible? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cool. Because we don't have people bitching and saying it's not fair. Maybe we should do like, I think if they ever did electronic voting, I think they should have to make it completely public so you could look literally look up somebody and see who they voted for just for like a checks and balances so because anymore it used to be a thing where you you did not ask somebody who you voted for or who they voted for it was very it was private it was a personal question today there's you know every your yard is filled with 50 trump signs or there's a fuck joe biden so like nobody cares who you voted for or like letting people know now so might as well just put it all online make it a public thing so you can see and check and say okay yeah that person didn't vote twice or whatever people make up that they think happens but yeah yeah it still amazes me american idols figured it out we haven't and like you always like you always say you, you bank online. Everybody doesn't have a p- problem with that. You have an app that you can transfer money to. You're not worried about that getting stolen, but mm-hmm. you know, you buy, buy stuff online, you know, you know, you do, you do everything online. Why? There's no reason why we shouldn't vote. It It's like the bigger companies, the bigger entities can't figure out what the smaller ones do. And when they do, their egos won't allow them to use their technology. Give you another example. Delta largest, one of the largest you know, commercial aircraft carriers in the world, if not the largest, I don't know, uh, but a, kind of a big deal, right? So you go to check in your bag, get your ticket. You're in this long ass line and there's like six, seven attendants that are helping you out. Even in sky priority, they're helping you out. The one all the way at the end is open. You're not paying attention. Hey, I'm open. I'm screaming. Can you hear me? And everybody, and then everybody starts yelling. It's a telephone game. What do we fucking live in caveman times? You go to TJ Maxx. They've got eighteen cash registers with attentive people at the cash register. And when one is open, a bright light goes off with a numbered box eighteen, and it says out loud with a speaker, "Cashier eighteen is available." How the fuck did TJ Maxx figure it out? But Delta can't. That blows me away. 
Don't understand it. Just saying. Anyway, that was the uh, prediction bit. I don't know. I thought that was very interesting. Brandon, are you ready? I am ready. All right, here we go. One question with Brandon. Good. Sponsored by the veteran-owned Sparky's Lawn Service. You might ask, who's the veteran? Well, Andrew Sparks, that would be him, and his business is Sparky's Lawn Service. He'll do all your mowing, your trimming, your edging. It's getting hot outside. I know your ass don't want to be out there sweating doing it, so call <laughs> Andrew and uh, with Sparky's Lawn Care. He'll get that take care of you, taken care for you. All right, so uh, get- b- b- before before you finish up, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off because I know you're going to give us personal inf- information. Andrew Sparks, thank you, buddy. He sent me a case of Monster Orange for my birthday to my house. It's very sweet. That was from Sparky's Lawn Service. So thank you. Go ahead. Good job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll give him a call or text real convenient, 706-897-2199, or email him at the good old Gmail extension, Sparky's Lawn. Oh, that's good. Gmail extension. You did good. That was a good read. Very nicely done. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Very good. All right. Go ahead. Thank you. One question. Uh, okay. All right. All right. If you could... Have another body part, what would it be? What's well, oh obvious? I mean, a finger, of course. Yeah. Was <laughs> 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 oh, there a right answer? If I mean, a guy's going to say his dick, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd probably. You, re- you really want to? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could satisfy. I mean, it'd be kind of neat. You, you want them like side by side or on top of each other or one in the back? <laughs> There was a guy that had a penis implant on his arm. So his arm was a dick. <laughs> Just recently. Yeah, if you Google it right now, you'll see it. Google arm dick. <laughs> yeah, Google foreskin arm. <laughs> foreskin they, forearm. They, they turned, they, they put a penis on his, like either grew out of his arm or they put a penis on his arm. I forget why. I don't know the whole story, but he had a penis arm. So, I mean, that'd be kind of cool. You know, you're kind of like, um, what was it uh, trap jaw from He Man, where he could put different things on his on his on his arm and stuff? So I don't know. Maybe another brain, but I don't know where you'd put it. That'd be kind of weird. You know, it'd probably be too much. Can't put it in one skull. That'd be kind of cool. So I don't or know. or you could have a vagina next to your penis, and then we tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, but you would have to. <laughs> my problem is my penis wouldn't bend and reach. So in order to, you'd have to have a hoser. You know. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you just bend it around. You know, they'd be oh. real close together. You just bend it in. Well, what if you put a vagina on your hand? And then that would be different. Or like your thigh. Yeah, or your well, thigh. Well, no, I don't want a penis on my hand because then, you know, the worst part about sex is you got to take your clothes off and it takes a while. Mm. You just have it on your hand. You just reach down there and just, just go to town. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good Or your forehead. You know, <laughs> yeah. Listen to Metallica. Uh, sorry, no, I, Jill's here. Jill, um, we're, we're being guys. Uh, is I it, noticed. Is there is there is <laughs> a, another body part you'd like? I would love to have a third arm so I could smack the shit out of all of you <laughs> at the same time for this conversation. But maybe a third eye. That would be kind of cool. Uh, you wouldn't look that attractive. I got pretty eyes. Yeah, not not three of them. <laughs> Two of them, yeah. Three, no. You're going to look We'd a little... Adapt. be a hit on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you'd be a circus freak. So the, the other part of this would be, if you're going to add a body part, you add a body part that people can't see. Like Jason Alexander and Hallow Shall had a tail, right? And you couldn't yeah. see it. You couldn't see it until he took... He lifted up his shirt and pulled down his pants. So if other people can see it, you're a freak. That's I mean, that's what the fucking carny world is all about. So whatever the 
extra body part would be, that's the question, right? If you have an extra body part, would it be? You'd want it to be in a place that it was hidden, but yet still serviceable. So, I don't know. Put a dick on your chest or something. I don't know. I agree with Jill with the third arm. That would be great because if you're driving, then it'd be, oh, I'd third... A third arm, uh, third arm, and an extra pair of eyes, because then you could still like eat and you know text and stuff while you're driving the car, because you'd have two hands on the wheel, and then you'd just be texting with the third hand. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Yeah, I guess a, I guess a, a, an arm with a hand on it, you know, obviously, that's functional. That'd be kind of cool. You could get a lot more done, right? Yeah, or a, another mouth, because then you could eat and talk at the same time, so you could get more done that way. You'd be uh, resourceful there. Yeah. That's cool. Brandon, do you have an answer to your own question? Uh, I think I want like another lung, another lung so I like dive deep down in the ocean. So you can suck your jewel harder? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, these two are going out. Because, it, because at 23, <laughs> your lungs are dying already. <laughs> I love that he thinks an extra lung will get him to the bottom of the ocean or something. <laughs> you could probably only swim like another 20 feet down with another lung. <laughs> but no, man, you give me another lung, I'm like fucking Aquaman. Did you know Aquaman has got three lungs? That's why he's Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking scientifically proven. Aqu- Jason Momoa's got a third fucking lung. <laughs> I, nobody said uh, another leg, surprisingly. Yeah, nobody wants another leg. I was thinking one on my back, so you could just like lay down and just walk around. <laughs> walk around. Yeah. Like a, you're like m- matrix in it. <laughs> like, like, a, like a table. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Is that a high question that you and uh, Def August had conversation on? Uh, yeah, sort of. It was kind of a different question. And then I was like, um, I was like, I'll save that one for next time. Are these not all high questions? Yeah, pretty much. The whole, the whole bit's a lot better. There are actually some listeners that will just listen to this section of the podcast later afterwards. High, just so they can really dig deep in there. All right, um, podcastthebs.com, that is the website. Uh, so far, it was, a, it was a really good week last week. Um, I'm so glad it's working and it has worked, but uh, the changes that we've made uh, seem to be good, you know, at least for, for everybody. You premium subscribers, you're getting commercial-free episodes, bonus shows, the extra podcasts that we offer on the network, exclusive giveaways like the pontoon beer brewing stuff. We had the winners last week, and... Um, and then the Brio 19-inch smokeless fire pit. As long as you're a subscriber uh, to the podcast and you're paying the $4.99 a month, then you're automatically entered in winning this stuff uh, every single week, every single month. Uh, so thank you for doing that. Big thanks to Atlanta Grill Company, atlantagrillcompany.com for, for the fire pit. They're such great people and been big supporters of, of the, this project since, since day one. And then you non-subscribers, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. I'm starting to see some new faces on our social media, making comments, joining the Two Percenters Facebook group. Over the past week, I've seen an influx in invites, so that's cool. We appreciate you being here. We hope you dig what we're doing. And you stick around. Um, all of our social media is linked off of podcastthebs.com, including you signing up for the newsletter, which I'm addicted to, by the way. So just bear with me until that addiction dies out just a tad. But love sending out the newsletters. Um, but our YouTube uh, channel has tons and tons of videos, thousands and thousands of hours of content. Brandon and Pee Wee do an amazing job with that stuff. Uh, so I know I say it sounds like a broken record with this, but like our social media and be a part of it and whatnot. All right, uh, Nate, you got anything before we get out? If you have an extra penis, remind me to not shake your hand. Brandon. Mr. Clean is not a teeth whitener. And Jill. 
Uh, Mexican drug dogs can be bribed with treats. There you go. Very, very good. All right, look. Have yourself a great, safe rest of your day. As always, thanks for listening. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.